episode 19 of the Echo Corpus Christi podcast, the podcast featuring Corpus Christi's creators, makers, doers, and builders. This episode is a first for me. It's the first time I've interviewed multiple people at the same time for an episode. We have the pleasure of hearing from Elena and Gerald Flores, a husband and wife duo whose ever-expanding side hustles celebrate their culture and their favorite food. Elena is the proprietress of So Bonita, where the self-taught seamstress designs and sews items that reflect her heritage and her desire to motivate passionate women to chase their dreams. Gerald is the creative behind Taco Gear, a leading brand celebrating all things tacos. They host the wonderfully entertaining and inspiring podcast So Taco, and Elena has pioneered the pop-up market Loca for Local, which begins its spring virtual pop-up online on March 3rd, 2021 with pickup on March 6th at the House of Rock downtown. Check it out at locaforlocal.com. Not to be outdone, Gerald created Taco Chair, a video series where he films persons of interest preparing and eating their favorite taco. Gerald and Elena's exhortation to just start was my motivation to start this podcast a couple years ago, and it was a pleasure to finally get to sit down with each of them to hear their corpus stories. A special thank you to Randy and Stephen Carroll of Driftwood Coffee for letting us crash their store to record this episode. Let's visit with Elena and Gerald. Gerald and Elena, thank you so much for coming on the Echo Corpus Christi podcast. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you for having us. Well, it is an honor. I know I told you all before we started that um, your podcast, So Taco, and your discussion about Just Get Started Hmm. was very inspirational to getting me started. So thank you for that. Yeah. As we as we start every episode of the podcast, we start with the guest's corpus story. And usually it is kind of a, a biography of how did you get here or were you born here, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So Elena, would you like to start? Sure. Um, I was born on the border town of Eagle Pass, Texas. Mm-hmm. So I'm not originally from Corpus Christi. Um, I moved here in 2001 to pursue uh, education. I graduated from A&M Corpus Christi in 2003 with a BS, and then in 2007 with an MS. And so I just stayed here. Um, At that time, that was a lot of my cohorts were graduating and then leaving Mm. because Corpus was not as progressive. Well, it kind of still isn't, but... um, uh, I found Corpus was a little big city mm-hmm. and it was a perfect place for me to establish my roots. And so I stayed here after I got my master's, bought my first house, single, um, is still with the company that I'm with now. Um, and I then I met Gerald and the rest is history. But I've, I've always loved this city. And um, I, I knew I didn't want to go to San Antonio or Austin or Houston to bigger mm-hmm. cities to pursue an education. I really, really liked small cities because I grew up in a very, very small town. I mean, when I first moved here, I was just amazed that there was more than one HEB, mm-hmm. you know? Right. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, there's 12. Um, <laughs> But yeah, 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 yeah. And so and they have different prices. Yeah. And there, I mean, it, I remember looking at the phone book and I was like, oh, my God, there's more than one HEB. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I love Corpus. It, it has welcomed me. It has embraced me. And I'm very, very happy to be here. Well, that is yeah. fantastic. Um, and I'm going to have some questions about your 
uh, childhood and whether you came to Corpus and so forth in a second. Okay. Um, Gerald, what about you? Are you a Corpus native or did you arrive here later in life as well? Uh, no, I'm, I'm a native, uh, born and raised here. Um, didn't really, um, for me, I mean, I went to Carroll High School, mm-hmm. went to Castorius Elementary, Tom, Tom Brown Middle School, and Carroll High School. Okay. And um, I actually, uh, I guess for me, like I went straight into the work environment. Um, so yeah, right out of, right out right out of high school, I actually uh, went straight to work. Didn't um, didn't think about college or any of that stuff, and mm-hmm. went straight to uh, dishwashing and uh, busing. So uh, by the way, anyone listening or everyone listening, I I think uh, I think everyone should work in the restaurant industry. Amen. Um, Amen. Elena has not. Yeah. So there's still time. <laughs> yeah, there's still time. <laughs> Hey, you know what? Yeah. Um, but I, I think everyone needs to work. It's work in there somewhere just to mm-hmm. get an understanding and a respect for it. Um, so I did that and then worked worked, uh, worked there for a while, then kind of went into the medical records field, thanks okay. to my mom, because that's what she's been doing uh, at the age of 18, um, almost 19. Worked in the medical records field with a bunch of women, learned a lot about mm-hmm. women, uh, all ages, learned how to work with them, um, which is really interesting. And... Um, from there, uh, kind of worked my way into a into a medical practice early on, and then um, one year into that, I call this practice kind of like my college because okay. one year into that, um, they they one year into that, I kind of promoted myself. <laughs> uh, I was in the medical records field with me and one other person. We went paperless. Uh, there was less to do. The operations manager at the time. Um, gave me one task to do mm-hmm. and an additional one and I saw an open office so I like went into it and kind of <laughs> took it over and then I started walking around asking everyone every, every other department if they needed help with stuff and then soon enough I started doing purchasing and all this other stuff um, and I was there for nine years and I, I ended up becoming the operations manager um, and ran that place for about six years um, learned a ton I, I had no business doing it at that age of t- mid-20s wow. But um, I learned a ton, mm-hmm. a ton of stuff, stuff that you don't learn in college. That's right. Uh, and then what you, I probably should have learned in college, I had to learn on the spot. Okay. Um, which is a great way to learn. Mm-hmm. And, but at, at that time, that's when I started doing uh, freelance design work, okay. which was my passion and which is what um, led to leaving that place mm-hmm. for half of the pay to be a full-time designer at a real estate agency, okay. but knowing that I was gonna be happier, mm-hmm. and then working my way up that real estate agency in the design world to a startup that led to Austin that uh, didn't go all the way through, but made me, uh, and at that time I was kind of thinking about leaving Corpus. Okay. And I thought, um, you know, I, I thought going to Austin, because it's Austin and sure. tech and all that, And but um, when it didn't happen, uh, and building up what we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about later, Taco Gear, mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? You don't have to leave Corpus. You, there's so many things you can do just here, and it's a really cool city, and a lot of people are doing it. Yep. So stayed here and met Elena, and that was it. Awesome. I think that I think you've hit a nail on the head about um, what is fun about this podcast and what is fun about living in Corpus at this time is that a lot of people are like you, and they're kind of discovering I don't really have to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I get I get that if you want to start a hardcore technology company, sure. it's beneficial to be in a city that has a greater pool of that particular kind of development, right. talent or whatever. But for folks that are doing um, more creative endeavors, sure. and frankly, even after COVID now, we're probably gonna see a lot more mobile people anyway in whatever industry. Yeah. But for people that are into creative endeavors, Corpus is an awesome place and we yeah. can afford to be here. Right? Yeah. Very affordable. I mean, that's one of the most beautiful <laughs> things I think it's overlooked a lot is that 
it has great natural resources, et cetera, which is all true. But holy yeah. cow, is it an affordable place to live? Mm-hmm. Please don't everybody come here, but we wouldn't mind if some more people did. <laughs> Um, Elena, I was going to ask you about growing up in in Eagle Pass. Uh So was Corpus the big city for you or was McAllen or Laredo or San No, Corpus was like the largest city I've ever driven in. And it was like, and even. But y'all would come during the summers. We would come in the summer um, because my parents, when they got married, um, my dad uh, was pursuing a higher education. They moved here. They were newlyweds. Mm -hmm. And... um, they met a couple that they befri- befriended, and they this couple ended up being my brothers, my older brothers' um, godparents. Okay. So we would come every summer sure. to Corpus. So okay. I just knew of the beach and mm-hmm. the movies, and you know, I was, I was a little girl. This was back in the '80s, and so um, yeah, I just it was the biggest city I ever mm-hmm. loved, really. I mean. And even now, like driving in San Antonio or Austin freaks me out. I, I can't do it. I can't. Yeah. I can't. And I, I mean, SBID was the largest highway I ever right. uh, drove on. So oh, I, mean, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I I was very comfortable here because so I was familiar with it. As a child, did you ever envision that you would actually live here as an adult, or were you? No. Okay. No. I don't know what. That's a that's a really good question. I don't. I knew I wanted to get out of Eagle Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, because I knew that there was opportunity elsewhere. Sure. Um, my parents always instilled in all three of us that we had to pursue a higher education. There was gonna that that was gonna open more doors mm-hmm. for us, and so we all were kind of ingrained with that idea. Um, and I knew when my brother moved out in '94. I knew, I remember him leaving for college and I cried so much because I knew he wasn't coming back. Okay. I knew mm-hmm. that he was off and he was gonna go and he did. And so um, that was really, re- that was probably uh, the biggest punch to the gut, mm-hmm. um, uh, realizing that the, 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 the chapter had closed. And True. so then, it, and then four years later was gonna be my turn and then my sister's and so. Um, I just knew I had to leave, and I didn't know where I wanted to go. Originally, I, w- I went to Kingsville. Okay. Um, my brother and my uncles and my dad are alumni from there, okay. so I knew Kingsville, mm-hmm. and and then I would just come to Corpus every now and then, and then I just was like, I need to come here, and so that's I've been here since. I love it. Yeah, that's exciting. Do yeah. Think, um, do you think having that experience as a child in the summertime here in Corpus and having family nearby? gave you the familiarity to be confident in coming over here? Because I've talked to a lot of people that come from smaller towns uh-huh. that are, um, you know, other than the driving, they're also just intimidated in general by a larger town and, and worried about how to find their place and how am I going to make friends and going from an environment where the good and the bad, right? Everybody knows your business, which is great for your parents and right. crappy for the <laughs> high schooler, right? Yeah. But also in the long run, pretty good for the high schooler too because there's yeah. a little accountability there knowing that, hey, Mom does have eyes in the back of their head, and it's called the neighbor down the street, and yeah. dad's got the friends at work, and all that. Was it was it um, comforting to have already had the experiences you had here in Corpus when you decided to come over here? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I, I, I never understood why people that lived in Corpus didn't come to school here. Like, yeah. I was like, what, you're leaving? Why? Right. There's a great university exactly. here. Why right, are you right. going to San Antonio? Well, I need to get away from my parents. Well, then that's... That's a whole other thing. That I understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But like everything is right here, you know. And so, 
Um, I remember moving here and just uh, being uh, intimidated by the university itself. And right mm -hmm. now it's grown Big tremendously time. since back then. But the first day on campus, I ran into people from Eagle Pass. Okay. And I was like, oh my God, right. I have found my people. <laughs> and if you've ever chatted with people that are from the border, sure. I mean, they're a whole other yes. type of people. They're loud. Uh, loud, mm -hmm. a lot of Spanglish, sure. a, just, it's just so, it's home. And um, we went out that first night, college night, downtown. That's mm -hmm. when all the clubs were downtown, right? And I broke my ankle. Oh my gosh. The first <laughs> night out on uh, in Corpus Christi. I'm in Christine. big city, I'm breaking I my break my ankle. And I have no idea where any of the hospitals are. Sure. I have no idea where any of the sure. minor emergency, mm -hmm. and I'm at, the, I'm at the club and I'm icing down my ankle with the beer. I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> I think it's sprained right. and it's like swelling up sure. and bruising and anyway. That's, that's another conversation mm -hmm. for another time. Self-medicating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I immediately found my own clique mm -hmm. and, um, and unfortunately the majority of them have left. Right. Because back then Corpus didn't have a lot of opportunities mm -hmm. for us that were um, getting our degrees in whatever field. Where'd they go? Um, bigger cities, I don't even know, mm -hmm. Austin. Uh, but not back, to, not back to Eagle Pass. No, 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 no. Um, no, I think one of them lives in Georgia. Um, just oh, wow. Yeah, they just left. And so um, <laughs> I think now there's a lot of opportunity here mm -hmm. for our college graduates. And, and they have a lot of opportunity to make this city a more progressive and watch the city grow mm -hmm. because it has grown tremendously since I've been here since 2001. I mean, I've been here... 21 years is this uh, August. Wow. Yeah, so it's crazy. And Gerald, being a native son of Corpus, have you seen friends leave and come back, or have they, have they left, uh, or have they stayed, or what's kind of your your experience with your social scene? The the small circle of friends that I that I remember stayed, but okay. a lot of the the wider circle, mm -hmm. I saw a lot of them move. Okay. Uh, to Austin, to Dallas, sure. to Houston, uh, and then just. Uh, a lot, for some reason, I knew a lot of people that went to the military. Really? Yeah, and then um, one went to Germany, one went to Japan, mm -hmm. and then it's it's kind of funny because I remember like whenever I talked to uh, any of them, like, where are you going after basic? And they're right. Like, it was always one ex from one to an extreme. It's like we're either going to San Antonio or Germany. Right. Like, right. It's like whoa. Okay. Okay. Those are two pretty diverse. Areas yeah, that's a sure. huge. It's not like we're going yeah. to San Antonio or Houston. It's, right. It's like right. one and the Japan one. It was the same thing. It was like mm -hmm. somewhere up. We're either going somewhere up north or the Japan. And I was like, wow. wow okay. Um, but yeah, no, I saw a lot of people leave. But they were getting um, like engineer jobs, mm -hmm. like. Uh, got heavy into the whole wind and solar thing like really? way, way before. Yeah, okay. stuff like that that I had noticed. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I didn't really, the ones that stayed kind of, um, you know, got some manual labor, hardworking jobs. Mm -hmm. um, but the ones that, you know, got degrees and were professionals had to move somewhere else. So as you decided to branch into the real estate office and doing um, more design work, mm -hmm. where did that lead you next? And was that kind of part of your plan to go from, I, I, I say, yeah. not to spoil the, the question, but <laughs> I kind of know where it went, but I'm curious to know, okay, so you leave medical, um, the medical company where you were kind of in charge, mm -hmm. and then you jump into a real estate office where I'm guessing you weren't in charge, right? and then you roll over to another company. Was it, did you kind of plan this progression? I did not plan it at all, okay. and it, what, what all that taught me, or at least 
not necessarily taught me, but every time I watch a movie or I hear some some parent asking like some 12 year old, what do you right. want to do? I'm <laughs> right. like, I didn't even know. I was like, I was 24 and I don't even know what right. I wanted to do. Right. Um, I don't think everyone knows what they want to do, but you and know. it's okay. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I think learning that, that it's okay and mm-hmm. you could do multiple things. I mean, Elena got, you know, a degree in something she's not mm-hmm. even using now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not in a negative way, mm-hmm. but at least she thought she wanted to do something and then you do something else. Um, so, uh, oh my God, what was the original question? Uh, was this a planned progression oh. to get where you are now? No, not at all, not at all. And wh- what's funny too is I think the whole thing, it all started, like where I am now, all started because my boss's wife came to, our, uh, to my office that I made, <laughs> that I, <laughs> my fort that I made. Uh, what sucked about that office, by the way, is like my back was to the door, so okay, like anyone sure. could sneak yes. on me. Uh-huh. Um, sure. And it had like a built-in deck. It was probably the size of like a phone booth, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but it was mine. Right. You <laughs> um, your flag. Yeah, there you go. I'm taking over. Uh, it was my space. Right. She came and told me that the, we needed to um, update our advertisement in the Caller Times. Okay. And I was like, okay, how do I do that? Right. And she was like, well, do you have to figure it out? I was like, oh. all right. And I remember uh, Microsoft Publisher was the only uh, software on the computers we had. Sure. So I had like messed around there and I was like, oh, this is cool. And I started playing with it. And I'd always been into, into like art and drawing okay. and stuff, but not, you know, a lot. Never wanted to make a career out of mm-hmm. art. And um, anyway, so I called the newspaper and I was like, I, I have this uh, ad design and I need to. Uh, and then they were like, okay, what did you, what uh-huh. do you, send it to us and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, what is that? Right. And they were like, well, what'd you make it in? And I told them and they were like, <laughs> and then I said, well, what, what should I have made it in? Mm-hmm. And then uh, they told me, um, well, the industry standards are, and they named all the Adobe products, mm-hmm. like Photoshop and Illustrator. So I was like, huh. So I found a class at the uh, Business Development Center, Del Mar. Awesome. Sure, yeah. It was a Photoshop class. Mm-hmm. So I signed up, I think it was like 200 and something bucks. And it was like an eight-week course, and it was at night. It was like once or twice a week, I don't okay. remember. It ended, up being, uh, <laughs> it ended up being a classroom with basically a bunch of grandmas who just wanted mm-hmm. to like Photoshop their son's pictures or, or their, their, <laughs> grand, their grandchildren. Sure. And, clip them and all that stuff and mm-hmm. but the uh, I, I knew the instructor you could tell I didn't know her but I knew that she wanted to uh, that's not what she wanted to teach right she she probably wanted more people like me um, and I ended up really just like learning what I learned there and then going home okay. and then really like playing with it mm-hmm. uh, and I, I freelanced for free for like almost two years I was afraid to charge anybody mm-hmm. when I say freelance I didn't mean like I mean like a couple of people were like hey can you make me some business cards sure. I was like, yeah, sure. Um, and then, you know, you make them. And I, I remember the first time I charged someone, um, it was like, I think I charged uh, like $50 for like a logo. Mm-hmm. And it, even even saying $50 to them, I was like, oh, 50, 50. <laughs> um, it's going to take me five hours. So <laughs> I really do 50? Yeah. But, so that freelance led to, uh, that, that freelance led to more, um, more confidence to keep mm-hmm. doing it. Uh, which is the only way you get better at stuff anyway. You bet. And then uh, I had freelanced enough to where it was like a really nice source of additional income mm-hmm. while I was still working at the at the clinic. But I was really unhappy at the clinic. Okay. It wasn't, you know, for me, um, I didn't like the politics of it. And there's a lot sure. of pressure and you're always, you know, you're pressured for a lot of things all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, this real estate agency here had freelanced, uh, had hired me to work on some, uh, on a project for them. Okay. And then I was following up with them, and I saw they put an ad 
for an in-house marketing specialist. Okay. Everyone always, they always like, that's not what they need. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Must be proficient in, and I'm like, sure. you don't need any. Uh, you just want the ad to, you want to attract certain people, I yes. get it. So I just said, hey, what about me? And uh, they hired me, and um, again, it was, we talked about it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I was I like. I think we were newlyweds when that happened. Yeah, wow. we were newlyweds, and yeah. I was like. I love you, and I'm quitting my job. And yeah, it's like, wait, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, you knew how happy I was. You know what, because I, I quit my job, too, at that, because uh, I was working at the She state left the state school because she wasn't happy there. Yeah. To make, to make half of what she was making. <laughs> yeah. We both cut our salaries I mean, a half. very. Because marriage is so easy when you're a newlywed. Yeah, for sure. Let's our jobs and make half as much money, too, Yeah. Pretty much. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, but I was so much happier at the real estate agency. Yeah, um, I got to design full time all day long, mm -hmm. and um, really like get into advertisement design and really start to work with more people and clients. And that company um, got an investment to uh, do a real estate tech startup. Okay, and that led me into was that the a, one called Balcony? Yeah, okay. yeah, that led to a whole. Me learning about UI design sure. and, and um, working with developers finally, which was mm -hmm. so cool, uh, mm -hmm. getting to work with them in a, in a, close, a close environment, moving to Austin. Um, well, not really moving to Austin. During our newlywed phase, working in Austin for six months. Okay. Working there during the week and coming home on Friday. So Monday mornings, I, would, I could leave Sunday nights, but who wanted to do that? I would leave Corpus Monday really early, mm -hmm. get there, um, like at 11, and then leave Friday about two or three and then come okay. back, which which was really, um, I mean, we didn't, we did really well during that time too. Mm -hmm. You would think that um, that'd be really hard for a relationship. Makes it hard to find they say. Yeah, there you go. Um, her family lives in Austin too, so okay. it was, that's helpful. that was cool. But um, that was uh, such a wonderful experience, mm -hmm. um, even though that kind of ended too, you know, when you don't have good CEOs um, who- <laughs> Things happen. Things right. happen. So, um, but one of one of but again, it's me reaching out because I was freelance designing for um, Ensemble Group, which is where it's okay. Don't worry. For Ensemble Group, uh, which is where I work now, uh -huh. and not being happy where I was at the real estate agency, just from whatever was going on, mm -hmm. I reached out to Ensemble Group and I was like, "Hey, do you guys ever thought about having a full-time designer? Because they don't have one. It's a bunch of developers." Mm -hmm. And we worked it out, and I've been there ever since, which I think it's been about five years now. Maybe about five years. Okay. But uh, that's that's where I've been, and that led to other stuff. And I don't know if you want to go into that next or later. Yeah, we will. I'm going to ask Elena though. So Gerald mentioned that you did not study what you're doing now. Yeah. Right. So I, how did you? What did you study, and how did you get into what you're doing now? Well, um, I have a master's in counseling. Okay. Um, I could open my own practice mm -hmm. and see patients, but. That's not what I want to but do. But you're married, and that's all you can handle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you need to talk, I'm here for you, you know. But right. um, I, I, I never took my LPC test. Okay. Um, so. Um, that's all you would need, though? I wouldn't, yeah. Sure. But, you know, in grad school, we we didn't. The, I don't know about now, but then um, there wasn't a lot of business classes. Sure. Um, because there's business to be made when you open a practice. You bet. And so. You bet. Um, I think a lot, and a lot of people go in blindly, not knowing mm -hmm. the ins and outs of. So, uh, and I think now maybe they probably um, educate their counselors more. And then there was a whole, well, maybe you should be a school counselor. Well, yeah, but you got to teach. Back then, the, you had to be a teacher for I think okay. two to three years prior to 
being a school counselor. Really? It's like, well, I don't want to do right. that. I mean, my whole family are teachers. Right. Right? This is not something I'm interested in. <laughs> Respect um, sure. to all right. the teachers out right. there, Absolutely. especially now. Absolutely. Um, I remember a Thanksgiving where I went to go with your family and, uh -huh. I, and I, we were sitting at a table with more of your aunts or whatever. Yeah. I was sitting with like six teachers. Yeah, and I, I thought I was in trouble. Right. I felt like I was in trouble. You know, as a I was matter of like, fact, you're a teacher you're too. Doing homework. You're like, a teacher. Yeah. You know, what, as a matter of fact, our wedding um, is in March. Our our anniversary mm -hmm. is in March, and we got married on spring break because oh, wow. everybody's sure. a teacher, and we wanted the kids to be off mm -hmm. of school, and you know all that stuff. So. Anyway, but yeah, I, but you know, I've been in the social services field since I moved to Corpus okay. and luckily that's still something that I, mm -hmm. that I do. So I'm very, very knowledgeable with the services that this community provides mm -hmm. and also what state, um, the state of Texas regulates and stuff. So um, I don't counsel, that's not my job, mm -hmm. but um, I mean, I'm a good listener. Right. You know? <laughs> and I would imagine in what you do in your, in your job that having the not just the ability to listen, which is more instinctual perhaps than it is trained, but knowing what to identify and what to listen for mm -hmm. and how that impacts each of your, right. I don't know if you call them patients or clients, but yeah. how it impacts the people that you're serving probably has um, given you the opportunity to use a lot of the skills that you learn, right. even if it's not directly as an LPC in a practice. Where exactly, yeah. Directly. And you know, sometimes because of, because of the, um, uh, this, the industry that I'm in, um, you have to have, back then you had to have a, a diagnosis of MR, which is now IDD. Mm -hmm. um, and it, sometimes we have to remind our employees and our staff, like this client has IDD. They right. cannot comprehend what you are saying mm -hmm. and getting mad about. Right. So like bring <laughs> right. it back. That's right. You know, you're not dealing with somebody yeah. who can comprehend the logistics of your thoughts. Mm -hmm. like. You know, and so there's a lot of, of that, um, and that, and I think that goes with every field. Like there's just a lot. There needs to be a lot of mental health awareness. Sure. Um, so yeah, uh, we we continue to advocate for those that don't have a voice, mm -hmm. and so yeah. That's awesome. I don't I don't bill. I don't I don't counsel. I don't. But I think I I'm I've been in this field for a long time. So. How did you meet? Um, the, the week there, she said some stuff earlier that it's going to be fun to hear how it connects. Okay, um, <laughs> uh, okay so uh, House of Rocks, or actually CC seventy. Okay, I'm not Maybe sure if you mentioned. Yeah, right. If you mentioned in a podcast before, but, I haven't. Um, yet, but go ahead. Um, yeah, let's talk about it. The Corpus Christi Seven Day Film Festival. Mm -hmm. I had friends that always participated. Um, I had never really participated before. Uh, Elena. <clears throat> Elena's mother had passed away two years prior to w the CC70 festival that we're about to talk about. And um, she had just got this inclination to just do something. Mm -hmm. She had always said, uh, you've always said when you are when you lose a parent, like when you go through a pain that, that, that difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that I mean, you do you still have your parents? Yes. You're very lucky. Um, I think when you lose a parent, um, it's the worst heartache that you could ever experience. Mm -hmm. um, I think possibly as well as losing a child. I, I don't know that, um, but I can speak on the behalf of people that have lost mm -hmm. a parent, um, especially when it's unexpected, right. like it was right. sudden, it was unexpected. And so um, I knew when that happened that that was the worst thing I was gonna go through. 
and that if I could survive that heartbreak, that I could survive anything. Mm -hmm. So. Which made you want to also try new things. Yeah. Sure. So, um, CC7D came mm. about, and I was like, I'm gonna try and and mm. join this this uh, fun event. Mm -hmm. But so we Real quick, were you thinking yeah. as an actress, as a director? Anything, anything, get in, get anything. I was like, I'm going to bust out of this shell mm -hmm. and I'm going to just um, see what I can do. Mm -hmm. I emailed, I had missed the casting call because I think I was out of town or something. And I reached out to an organization. The organization sent me a list of all the directors or leads of the groups. Mm -hmm. And so I contacted all of them. Hey, I don't have any experience in anything, right. but I am <laughs> I, willing yeah, to I'm help. Here. Yeah, right. what, what do you need? I'll go get the coffee, the yeah. water, whatever. And one person responded, was like, yeah, we're meeting on this day, come on over. And we're like, I was like, all right, cool. Those were my friends. Okay. And so I Perfect. went over, <laughs> we set up a team, we write the script, we mm -hmm. do what we need to do. We film for seven days. And then at the end of the seven days, we go and we go to the wrap-up party to go turn in the film, right? Okay. And so we go and turn it in. They have invited me to these wrap-up parties before, and I've never gone because I just didn't. For whatever reason, I never went. This time, I said I would go. Wow. And <laughs> I was engaged at the time. Okay. What? And I do that joke I, every time we're interviewed. Like what? Scratch, like the yeah. <laughs> and, I, and it was a really, really toxic, tumultuous relationship. Okay. My mom had just died. I yeah. knew I needed to get out of this relationship. I met Gerald, and I was like, Oh my God, this guy is so cool. Mm -hmm. And I told my sister at that time. My sister was living with me, and I said, Watch, watch your words. Yeah. No. Okay. I, I know, I know. <laughs> I said, you got to go out with this guy. Okay. I introduced them. They mm -hmm. hang out. They're like best friends. And she's like, hi, oh, you know, I'm just not mm -hmm. not feeling it. And I was like, man, you're you're missing out. I think he's a wonderful guy. Right. And um, dumped the bad fiance, started seeing Gerald on the down low. <laughs> and, in secret. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was just complete. I felt so hard in love with him. And then. Six months after that, we were engaged, oh. and then. What's uh, interesting that's about uh, that's a very cool story. What's interesting about all of it is, uh, do you remember when Elena said earlier that um, when her when her dad moved here to go to school, mm -hmm. they befriended this couple. Right. Um, well, when they would come visit in the summers, which by the way, it's kind of funny because every time we see like an old movie, Elena's like, oh, I saw that here in right. Corpus. Right, I'm sure. Like yeah, at the theater, I, I, uh, at the theater, uh, yeah. I, Ghostbusters, the original, uh -huh. we saw, I saw it here. Uh -huh. Batman, I think. Batman, or, or yeah, Batman. I saw it here. Formative childhood experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, they would you would all, would y'all always stay at their house? We would always stay at their house, okay. which the, was like- This couple. Off, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, what was the road behind Carol? What's that road? I forget. It's I, I, it's like between Castoris and Weber. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it was um, at the end of the street where I grew up. You're kidding me. Yeah. So it's no. kind of funny. So small world. Keep your nose clean. You never know. <laughs> but but we um, she didn't. We didn't know this mm -hmm. until uh, our wedding day at the reception because these. Uh, 
friend, the friends of her parents that lived here were invited to the wedding. Okay. And then my mom and dad were there, and my sister. Mm -hmm. And my sister, no then they all, what are you doing here? Right. What are you doing yeah. here? And then they'd all connected, and my sister apparently would was uh, friends with them, with their, Missy, yeah. with their daughter, so would go over there a lot. No way. Which is kind of funny. We do have an age difference. Selena's uh, three years older than Four. me. Four. Okay. Well, <laughs> sometimes it's three. Yes. <laughs> For like two months, because my birthday's in April, yeah. and then yours is in June. So like when my birthday hits, it's, oh, back to three. And then two months later, it's four. But um, My wife is a cougar also. Gotta get him young. By three months. You gotta we get him young. in the three-month interim where she was yeah. me. Oh, that's funny. I just think it's, it, I think it's, I think it's, uh, I just think it's kind of cool that, um, you know, like uh, whether it's God or the universe or whatever you mm -hmm. believe in, that, um, you know, he's got this plan, and the universe has his plan. Right. And uh, all these pieces are moving. It's kind of funny that he'd be looking down, right? And here's my street and my house, and then, like, seven houses down. It's funny if God, like, turned to his friend. He's like, hey, you see that guy? Watch this. You see that kid? He's only 10. <laughs> <laughs> She's 14. Right. <laughs> but they're going to get married later. <laughs> if he sees her, he's going to peel it on his bicycle and skid and spray mud on her. Right yeah, now. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're close right now. They're, they're close mm -hmm. in proximity, but they're not going to meet until, you know, later. Right. I got a different plan. It's going to be cool. Yeah. So. I, I'm a big believer that, um, and whatever causes it, right, for me it's the Lord. I think, that, mm -hmm. I think that there is a definite plan, and it's fun to watch those things kind of happen. And they seem oftentimes just fortuitous, mm -hmm. serendipitous. But then when you take, a, you take a moment to just kind of look back, like your parents needed to meet in Gerald's neighborhood, and you needed to be here to, so that you mm -hmm. have similar experiences. Now, yeah. right? It's not just that you saw Ghostbusters here growing up. Yeah. Gerald had the same experience with someone, you know, with other people perhaps, but the same theaters, and you have this familiarity, and it kind of breeds a, a, a commonality between the two of you that I think makes couples feel like an old couple, even if they yeah, aren't. Yeah, you're very right. You know, sure. mm -hmm. Actually an old couple like yeah. my parents who met when they were in early high school. So right. I think that's pretty awesome. My wife and I met our first week of school in, at Baylor in undergrad, and then she edited somebody else. And then <laughs> there was kind of that time period of like, well, we're kind of interested in each other, but it's not really the right time. And then there was the bro code because they broke up and so I couldn't date her and all that. But I remember, <laughs> um, like you were telling your sister, I remember telling my parents, Jan is going to make somebody the most amazing wife. Somebody. And like your sister was saying, well, there's not really a connection. But for me, yeah. kind of, you know, it was starting to form. And then I can look back on that and go, God, I was an idiot. You know? yeah. I knew that from the time I was 19 years old that she was going to make somebody an awesome husband. But like you were saying, Joe, it wasn't the right time. Right. Yeah. Y'all weren't supposed to meet as children. You were supposed to meet as young adults. Right. In the situation that you found yourself in, which was this kind of new mm -hmm. phase of life. What do I do without my mom? She was a guiding light for me. Still is in yeah. a different way. But now I'm bold and I feel like I've survived the most devastating thing I can mm -hmm. go through. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to stick it out there and see what happens. You know, I'm going to mm -hmm. put my thumb in the wind and say, I'm going to take a chance. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about, you know, season yeah. 70. I don't know anything about making movies, but by gosh, I'm going to give it a shot. And then you decide, Gerald, to, you know to what, finally take go. my friends up on this <laughs> offer to go to this event. Yeah. And boom, here you are. I'm not going to bail this time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I had just gotten out of a, a pretty a six year long relationship okay. that was not, was pretty toxic too. Mm -hmm. um, and, but uh, I, the reason I said yes too is because, because of that too. I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to go have fun. Let's go. Sure. So anyway, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. And why, you know what, to really scale it all back, like why'd your dad decide he had to come to Corpus? Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Well, I, maybe because of Kingsville. Okay. Because he was, went to school in Kingsville in the 60s. But that was still a decision he had to make. Yeah. Too. I mean, I, I, I don't know why he chose Corpus. When did he want to be a teacher? 
You're I, asking this? No, you can ask We got to ask him yeah, this. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, That'll my dad enlisted. Two, yeah, my dad enlisted in the Marines. <laughs> and so right yeah. after high school, I joined the Marines and then... I went to Vietnam. Went to Vietnam. He was uh, sworn into U.S. He became a U.S. citizen when he enlisted into the Marines. Awesome. And so um, I, I <clears> think... Uh, joining the military then and maybe perhaps now is a, is a choice mm -hmm. uh, is an option I don't want to go to college I don't yeah. want to go to work mm -hmm. let me join the military and so I think for young men like that you especially when there was a war happening um, mm -hmm. it's like let me just and he got his college paid for mm -hmm. and came back and thank God came back and um, married his high school sweetheart That's and then awesome. had us and so I'm a big believer that dudes probably should spend a couple of years after high school either in the service or doing what you did, Gerald, working. Something, yeah. You know, doing something because, I mean, for probably boys and girls these days, but definitely for 18-year-old boys coming out of high school, we have no idea what we want to do with ourselves. Yeah. It's the it rare bird so tough. who can come out and say, I'm going to go into finance. And this is one of my yeah, best friends. Yeah, it is very rare. wanted to go into finance. And, and that's what he did, yeah. 25 years later, he's still doing that, right? It's right. exactly what he wanted to do. He's the one. Right, yeah. right. Everybody else is doing something different yeah. than what they had planned when they came out of high school. And yeah. it would have been, there's just, we're just immature, right? Yeah. And that's the bottom line, dudes. Well, and I think, and I think, giving us two years of school doesn't prepare you <laughs> yeah. for the big world. Yeah. You know, when I, when I came to, when I was in Kingsville, that first year, I was on scholastic probation. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to time manage. Sure. I didn't know know how to read chapters and then retain that information. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, mm. I mean, I never went to college, but I just feel like you have, it's just so much freedom yeah. from and high I school to college. Home. I right. missed home so much. Mm -hmm. And I knew I had to like shape up, you know, right. because I didn't want to lose this opportunity. Well, and school's so. expensive. And of course, it's, it's only got more It's super expensive. So, it's a big expense to mm -hmm. say, I don't really know why I'm here. I'm exactly. But it's ten grand or twenty or forty grand a year to mm. just hang out. It adds fun. up quick oh, every <laughs> year. I mean, uh, that's why I'm going to win the lottery so I can pay all my student loans. Thank so I can you. Paying for this house that I don't actually own. Um, exactly. I think it's awesome that y'all were able to find each other at a time that wasn't a time period when you were looking, right? I think that's a that makes for such a compelling story for a lot of people. Like mm -hmm. my brother got married late in life. He was 39 when he got married, and he wasn't looking. And he's got this amazing bride. And my wife and I kind of fell into the same thing. I came out of not quite a toxic relationship, but something that wasn't the long-term solution sure. for me, right? And we were just hanging out visiting one day. And it was like, hey, this is this kind of, it's kind of going somewhere. Yeah. Let's mm -hmm. kind of figure out where it's going to go. But neither one of us was like, where is my spouse? Where is my husband? <laughs> right. My you know, I you love know? that you're saying that and that it's coming from a male perspective because I got married at 32. Mm -hmm. I remember being a young girl saying, well, I'm going to be married by the time I'm 25, and sure. I'm going to have my first baby when I'm 30, and I'm going to do all this, right? Because that's what that's what instilled in me. That's sure. what we're told to do. And then um, I knew right away, it was like, mm, I don't need to abide by any of these standards. Right. And I got married later. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm 41 now, and some of my my high school friends are now like grandparents and right. that freaks me <laughs> out yes. um, you know but um, 
I, 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 I took a different path. Mm -hmm. and, and also growing up in the border, the culture is very, you're gonna get married and right. you're gonna have babies. That's, mm -hmm. that's your role, that's what you're gonna do. Machismo. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's very, you're subservient to your husband and you're gonna be the woman and mm -hmm. have a ton You of fix babies. all his plates at every right. event. <laughs> and you know what? I, don't know what I mean, that's I like. just <laughs> was not. And I remember my mom telling me, God, I just, and thinking, yeah. I, I lost my mom when I was 29. Okay. And um, now, as an older adult, mm -hmm. uh, I the conversations, I'm looking back at the conversations that we had. Right. And it's like, man, she was so right. And she would tell me, like, you wait as long as you can mm -hmm. to get married. Don't you rush anything. You don't need to do anything that you don't want. You just, I was like, all right. Okay, that makes sense. And yeah, and I did. I I finished college two times, and mm -hmm. then you know it's like every the, the timing was perfect for my right, life, right. and I mm -hmm. couldn't be more thankful for that. And then Gerald and I decided, well, we're not going to have children, mm -hmm. and that was a conversation that we had, and and we're okay with mm -hmm. it, you know. Uh, and we were again going against the grain, and right. so. Sure. Um, Particularly in our South Texas culture. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know what? I think it's important to go back to what your mom said about, you know, the, the influence that she had on you to say, it's going to be okay, right? Right. You can make a different decision than what everybody else exactly. is doing. And it's going to be okay. You don't have to make it just for the sake of being contrarian. Yeah. You can make it boldly and, and with confidence to say, look, I'm going to do what it is that I feel called or compelled to do. And I'm going to figure out what that looks like. And it might be different than what all of my friends are doing. And that's going to be just fine. And I'm right. going to be able to be fulfilled in this other way versus the way that I was taught growing up on the border, that this is the only way that a woman is fulfilled. And it's by being subservient. And, yeah. You know, and I, I've got two daughters. I hope that they feel the freedom to, to make decisions like right. you have. So you know what? I can do whatever it is I put my mind to. That's right. a yeah. powerful thing for a mom and a dad to teach a daughter. Absolutely. And it's a powerful thing for them to teach a son too. But in our society, especially here in South Texas, to teach it to a daughter and to give her kind of that gift. Right. Even if that's not maybe the example that she's seeing at home, right? Mm -hmm. But to give her the gift and say, look, you can go and do. Yeah. And so that's super powerful. I, you know, and I, and I don't know where my mom, my mom was oh, uh, high school educated. Mm -hmm. She didn't get any higher education. I, I know she married my father who is college graduate. I don't know where this wisdom came from. I, I wish I. Oh, it's the wisdom of mom. Uh, I, right. You know, I, I, I don't know where she is just telling me that maybe that there's something better. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when she died, um, I went back home with my dad. I stayed two weeks with him and I said, Dad, I'm going to sell the house in Corpus. I'm going to come back and I'm going to move in with you. I'm going to, I'm coming mm -hmm. back. And he said, There's nothing for you here. I don't need you to come back. And I thought, Oh my God! Here is this man mm -hmm. telling me, "No, right? Like, don't come home. You need to go live your life mm -hmm. and be who you need to be. I don't want you here That's with." Incredible. And, and so, how selfless is that mm -hmm. from my father to say that to me instead of saying, "Yes, come back. I need you to take right. care of me," and you know, let's uh, because I would have given it up in a minute. Sure. Any in a hot minute, I would have moved home to be with my dad. And he said no. And so, um, I think my parents were just really, really something really special mm -hmm. together and I mean just thinking back at it now as, as an adult yeah that's good stuff what a benefit to Gerald to get to marry someone who's got that experience and parents yeah mm -hmm. yeah you're yeah. very lucky thank you, <laughs> thank you. well I, you know and I've always I wasn't been, setting that up by the way no you know my, <laughs> my mom is a very <laughs> God-fearing Christian uh -huh. woman she believed in the power of prayer and I know I know for a fact mm -hmm. that she sent 
Gerald to me. I no know question. that she right. had something to do mm-hmm. with this man being in my life. I know it. I, love that. I have to. Because she prayed hard for her kids. Right. <laughs> hard. And mm-hmm. I'm crying. Oh, I'm not. I'm, I'm glad you got that prayer. <laughs> my mother prayed that I would get caught when I did something wrong. And I swear, she and it had works. like a direct line to God, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, which was, you know, good and bad, right? I, I probably built some character by getting caught when I did things that I knew I wasn't supposed to be doing. But that being said, mm-hmm. the, the the care of a mother and the care of a father that have doted on you like yours did, and that's, that's just a powerful thing to give to a child. And it's yeah. a powerful thing to be able to give to a spouse to come from a, a relationship and examples like that. I think we often... In today's society, and I don't want to get off way on a far tangent mm-hmm. over here, but I really think we we don't take marriage as seriously as it can be taken, mm-hmm. and that's there's an influence there. And then I recognize that people can end up in situations that are not they're not compatible, or whatever. But when you are coming into a marriage with the examples that y'all have had, it really does kind of give you a better leg to stand on. And it yeah. says, you know what? I know it's going to be hard. We're going to have conflict. But I've seen an example of how to work that out, and I'm going to try that. Yeah. And we're going to we're going to give it a shot, whereas mm-hmm. other people might just say we're going to fold the tent. And sometimes they miss out on some of the blessings that are that come from being part of a marriage, even if there's a huge struggle to get to those blessings. Right. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. I I, I have a very good foundation, That's and I awesome. couldn't be more thankful for that. And and it's because of my hardworking parents. I, I mean, no doubt. You know. Well, and one of the foundations that y'all have is your your shared creativity, right? You both mm-hmm. have your unique styles, and we're going to kind of get into Taco Gear and So Bonita now. Um, I'd love to hear how each one of you were inspired to start the brands, and then what you think has been the biggest blessing that you've received from running your brands um, as the, over the years that you've been in those businesses. So which one would like to start? I'll leave it open. Uh, hers is more heartfelt, so I'll go first. I love tacos. I made sure it's here we go. <laughs> Lena, go for it. Uh, no, mine just came from uh, just to kind of a, always being creative. You know, there's, um, there's a designing in real estate and designing for clients. Sometimes you like break away and just make something for yourself, uh, which is fun creatively. Sure. Um, one day I was actually looking for, um, looking for a taco shirt just for me. I was looking to buy one online. And at the time, this was like mid, actually late, late 2014, I was, uh, I, there wasn't much online. I, Instagram wasn't a huge thing to like jump in and search for brands sure. and stuff like that. Um, I found some on Amazon or mm-hmm. someone just like regular Zazzle or whatever. Um, <laughs> but they weren't shirts that I would wear. Okay. Like, like a real taco lover wouldn't really wear those kinds of shirts. So <laughs> I thought, um, I thought I would make my own, and okay. really, it was a. I, I made a. I had an Instagram account that was for the freelance company that I that mm-hmm. I created, which was a, called Taco Creative. Okay. Because I love tacos, and why not? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had like 200 followers, or maybe not even that, and friends and family. Well, I I, I made a one shirt and one hat, and it just said tacos on it in that old tattoo-looking font. Right. And um, posted it up, and I had. Um, Figured out how to make a website uh, where I could sell e-commerce on okay. for, for free, mm-hmm. and um, kind of just put that up. And, and uh, one person bought one, and then like another person bought one. I was like, oh, it's cool. And then um, I I, uh, I found a drop shipper early on, and I got to give credit to this because I'm not a huge risk taker. Mm-hmm. So knowing that I could just use a drop shipper and not have to invest 
uh, in inventory, mm -hmm. just invest my time, which is fine, because it was fun creating right. and designing anyway, knowing I didn't have to spend a lot of money on that. It really helped. So it made it allowed me to just keep producing ideas and keep making designs. And if they sell, they sell. If they don't, they don't. Right. No big deal. Um, but that, um, you know, it started growing. What really, I think, helped early on is these guys from Austin found me who wrote a book mm -hmm. called Austin Breakfast Tacos. And then they were in the middle of their second book called The Tacos of Texas, mm -hmm. where they were going to tour different cities and write about tacos in those cities, not necessarily who has the best of anything, but just what's the city known for. Sure. And let's interview some people that live there and mm -hmm. cooks and chefs and stuff. Well, they wanted to use my hat as the official hat for the for the book tour. Yeah, and awesome. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. But again, it was an Instagram message. Mm -hmm. And who is this guy? I don't know him. And sure, why not? Whatever. Right. Um, I said yes because you, you know I stripped away any ego and just said why not? Like I don't you don't know what's going to yeah. happen. Um, and that led to so much other stuff. Mm -hmm. I was in the book. Um, it, I got more followers. Mm -hmm. um, I got more eyes on the brand. I kept creating. Found my voice. And where do these taco shirts fit? and um, found like a real passion for just making that. And I, I think, <clears throat> not to go off on a whole tangent, but it led to, to the book, which led to um, them turning the book into a series for PBS. Mm -hmm. And um, me going to uh, see them in Austin because they launched a, a, a beer with Independence Brewing. And um, they were just about to go film the episodes mm -hmm. for the book. And then one, one of them uh, might have had a little too much to drink. And, uh, and then I was like, hey, if you ever, if you need some help with anything, mm -hmm. let me know. Well, and he was like, we're going to go to El Paso next weekend. You want to go? And I was like, ah, uh, sure. <laughs> he was like, we can't pay you. And I'm like, that's fine. Even better. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go. Great, the beginning of a great story. Yeah, yeah. So I went with them. I got to experience video production and in, in, in a whole new light. Super cool to see those guys and uh, everyone they were working with. And uh, they ended up paying me after after I worked. I was a, uh, what they call a production assistant, okay. which is like a glorified gopher. And, mm -hmm. uh, but the amount of stuff that you see and learn is, sure. you should pay right. them, basically. Yeah, exactly. right. <laughs> you should really be paying them. And I remember, um, I guess that, I guess I worked pretty hard enough to where they're like, hey, we're going to go ahead and give you some, some money. And I was like, whoa, what they gave me. I was like, that's cool. <laughs> And uh, they ended up hiring me as the production assistant for um, the rest of the series. Oh, wow. Which was really cool. So mm -hmm. we went to a lot of different cities, uh, which was a lot of fun. They ended up going uh, throughout the United States, but mm -hmm. I couldn't go with them for scheduling conflicts. Okay. Actually, it's kind of weird. We won our podcast, which I guess we'll talk about mm -hmm. in a minute. One, um, was it the Addy? We won mm -hmm. an Addy Award. Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted to go to the... It was either go to the Addy Award ceremony or go with them to L.A. Okay. Um, they were going to use me. F yeah. And I, I, well, they had scheduled me for four episodes because in some of the other bigger cities, they need to go with someone who lives there, okay. which makes total sense. So they scheduled me for four of them. But when I said no, that I couldn't go to the one, the uh, El Rey Network, which is uh, Robert Rodriguez, the filmmaker, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. his company, okay. he, they ended up saying, well, we don't want to be paying all these different people, so go ahead and just find. Okay. And I was like, you know, but but I was like, you know, that just means it wasn't meant to be. That's Absolutely all. true. Not a big deal. Bigger things in store. Yeah, so um, I guess the biggest blessing for Taco Gear in, in this entire time, which uh, is, I got to say, the some of the financial freedom that it, that it provides, because I think that's a blessing not everybody has, right. um, especially now during, during COVID, mm -hmm. when we thought it was, you know, no one was going to buy a single thing. 
People right. just seem to buy so much more. <laughs> Everybody's at home? Yeah. 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 Everyone's yeah. at home and people who had disposable income disposed of it. And <laughs> <laughs> needed taco shirts. And needed taco and shirts. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sure. I'm sure some stimulus money probably went to some you taco bet. shirts. Oh, yeah. But yeah. That that's got to be, I, I have to say, that's the biggest blessing mm -hmm. for this entire thing. And I can go on about taco gear forever, but Elena's got a better story. <laughs> I do not have a better story. Yes, you do. So let me ask before you get started, just as background, had you ever sewn anything in your life before you started So Bonita? No. Okay. No. And your major regret was? One of my major life regrets was my mother was always wanting to teach me to sew. Okay. And I was like, no, I'm too good for that. MTV's on. I'm gonna yeah, rush, right. Right. <laughs> real, real World is on. Real Seattle World. Whatever. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I got to watch Puck. I got to see what that jerk's <laughs> yeah. up to. Yeah, no. I don't know if he was I, Seattle I, or no, not. No, I didn't. I didn't. So, but prior to... Okay, there you go. Puck. Prior to uh, So Bonita... <laughs> prior to So Bonita, I had a cupcake business that I ran from home that was super successful. Mm -hmm. um, again, none of my school experiences in any type of business, so... Um, I learned as I've gone yeah. or going, as I've grown. Mm -hmm. Can I interrupt uh, you for a second? Mm -hmm. That cupcake business mm -hmm. and my freelance, because it was heavy at a, when we were engaged, um, paid for our entire wedding. Wow, we, that's yeah. awesome. I got, I love spreadsheets. I yes, made a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. We had figured out what we needed to save, and I said, well, that means every paycheck we can put this away. Yeah. But all the money she made from baking and all the money I made from freelance was all of our wedding was paid for in oh, cash and we were yeah. not going to go into mm -hmm. debt her dad wanted to uh, wanted to he hired a band well no he wanted, he wanted to invite more people and then she was like well then you're gonna have to pay for their dinners and then he did and then he was like well y'all are gonna have a DJ I'm like well yeah because that's what's in our budget right. well no we need a band well you're gonna pay for a band <laughs> yeah I'm not paying for a band you're gonna pay insurance. it is not in the spreadsheet no, it's not in the spreadsheet not, we did not budget for that and like we and you know and, and back home it's like I I remember we got an RSVP for 10, 10. and oh I was like oh my. I wasn't I mean, my they're family. bringing the whole family and the neighbors and the babysitters uh, but not to digress too much but those that during that time we were working till like 3 30 or 4 it was really hard oh. it was very and, and then, then having full-time jobs right. at a doctor's office I didn't want to be at and at the state school that right. I hated yeah. um, oh, that's hard. we that were like time. a baking I was baking to like 3 in the morning and then going to work at 8 mm -hmm. I mean it was tough sure. and um, I just didn't know also how to say no mm -hmm. so when somebody called and said I want 300 cupcakes for this Saturday and you right. called me on the wings I'm like yeah okay yeah because the only thing I was thinking about is money mm -hmm. like okay this is gonna give me some money right. um, I didn't know how to set boundaries, but that was my fault. Uh, it was not the customer's fault, it was mine. And so I quickly, I think I was probably, what, three, four years in business, I don't even know. I said, I'm done, mm -hmm. I'm done, I'm not doing this anymore. I still love to bake and I bake all the time for friends and family, but um, I think when you become um, a slave to your passion, it's no longer a passion. Mm -hmm. And I loved baking. Um, so whatever, I stopped and then um, I've always been a creative person. I've always had a creative mm -hmm. itch and I was telling Gerald about sewing and he bought me a, a sewing machine for Christmas. I said, I don't know how to do work this thing. <laughs> and uh, It sounds sexist, but you asked for it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and I signed up for a, a class here at Singer and mm -hmm. I went with uh, this little 90 year old woman, taught me how to sew, how what to thread faith. faith. No, Faye, Faye, Faye. 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 And uh, she taught me how to thread it, how beautiful. to 
straight stitches, mm -hmm. the basics, and I was in high heaven. And then I would go to Austin to some classes, and or I would learn, of course, online. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it I just learned on my own and still learning, just like anything else. Yeah, you know, sure. you're always evolving and stuff. But um, at the same time, I was sewing things for people, like aprons and mm -hmm. pillowcases and just kind of just getting my feet wet with the machine. I had seen a, um, I wanted a shirt with the word chingona. Okay. Which means uh, a badass, right? Mm -hmm. in, in the sense, of, it, it's got a bad connotation to it. Um, no, when you turn it around. Right, it, right exactly. Yeah. And, I, and at that time, there was a revolution about women taking, mm -hmm. uh, changing the narrative. Right. And um, I just so happened to be at the right time, at the, at the right place, right time. And I told Gerald, can you design me this shirt with it with this word? And he said, yes. And so I did, he did it. I bought it. I wore it. And it, everyone went mm -hmm. crazy. Uh, people wanted to, oh, I don't know. What are we one. doing? What yeah, are we doing here? Sure. And so I'm sewing and I have a t-shirt. And mm -hmm. and that's how So Bonita was born. It was uh, it started off with a simple word that um, we changed the narrative. And it meant to empower women. Mm -hmm. And I was combining things I was making. And um, yeah. We've been here since 2014, 15, something like that. Early 15. Early 15. 15. Yeah. 15. yeah, last year was our, our fifth year. And, um, and so we're still uh, doing things that empower women. I mm -hmm. still stand strongly in the beliefs that I believe in. Um, representation of my culture is mm -hmm. key to this brand. My life on the border is reflected in this brand. Um, I make sure that I'm, I make it known where I where I come from, where I mm -hmm. where I stand, and and fully support uh, other women in business, especially uh, women of color, mm -hmm. um, marginalized people, and um, yeah. So we we're we're still here, and and I love uh, the community that I'm a part of as far as other small business mm -hmm. Latina owners, um, people I've never met in right. person, but people that are are part of the sisterhood, mm -hmm. and so. What's the biggest blessing from it? The biggest blessing from it, oh man, there's so many. <laughs> I, I forgot I a key one, but I'll get back I to it. Absolutely. Know. I don't know. You biggest... want me to jump to mine, you think about it? Yeah, you jump to yours. Okay, do you want to go outside? <laughs> do you want to go outside and think about it? No. Okay. Um, I, what I, what I, I forgot when I talked about this, but um, you know, you grew up, growing up in South Texas, tacos are a big part of sure. everyone's culture, but it's really breakfast tacos. Right. Um, there's so many others, obviously. Um, <clears throat> and by the way, can I just interject? Yeah. I'm not so sure that a bean and cheese taco qualifies as a, no offense to Elena, I'm not so sure that it oh. qualifies as a breakfast taco, uh -huh. but I, that is like my one taco shirt that I own at the moment. It says bean and cheese. Oh, from, from Barbacoa Apparel? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It's I, the I best I literally taco. was weaned in San Antonio from like nursing to Taco Cabana bean and cheese tacos. Oh, I love Taco Cabana bean and cheese tacos. <laughs> Anyway, sorry for that total aside. No, 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 no. no. Like, I miss Taco Cabana. I, I do. love it. But the queso. service here was terrible. And I it was. It was. It's a staple there. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. The ones here when we would go out very late and yeah. and go yeah. somewhere, I remember like we would get the brisket tacos, mm -hmm. but they were they were like super thin, but they were always blistering hot. Right. <laughs> like, they were right. So, and then the so service would take like seven hours. Come on, people. This is a drive-through, right? I ordered nachos. It's two o'clock in the morning, and there's a line of like 900 people, but we're all very patient because we've all been. So let me. Okay, you should have let, this let, ready. Me, let me just <laughs> let me just throw you a little bit of tidbit information. Yes, please. Prior to you, um, we're digressing here. Go ahead. 
your bean and cheese taco, mm -hmm. right? That's my favorite. That's the staple. Yes. That's what I have every morning. If you're going to have a bean and cheese taco for lunch, mm -hmm. Add lettuce and tomato. I really? promise you. Okay. I Sounds gross. I'll always get mad at Taco C whenever there's like lettuce in my beans. No, no, no. no. Add lettuce and tomato and, and you've, you've converted your taco to a burrito <laughs> and it's like the best. <laughs> I imagine we could get into a very lengthy discussion yeah. about what oh. is a burrito versus what is yeah, a burrito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it just yeah. the size of the tortilla? Uh, is it what's included? You know. Yeah. yeah. Our friend Jose, um, actually uh, the first writer, the first yeah. taco journalist uh -huh. for uh, Texas Monthly. He directed me, by the way, as a total aside to an amazing restaurant in El Paso called El Emi. Oh, good. Oh, cool. Oh, gosh, it's so good. And I was over there one day, and I, I knew because of Taco Gear who he oh, was. Oh, cool. And I was like, hey, I'm just going to DM this guy and see if he can tell me where to go. And it was right next to the hotel where I was staying. Oh, that's out. perfect. But He's a cool dude. Uh, but he, he actually has a, one of his first articles was Tacos Are Burritos. Really? Or burritos Are Tacos, so, yeah. I mean, that's just rolling up the blast to me right there. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, oh, <laughs> gonna, I know what I'm going to just step like, into it. Like, mm -hmm. Oh, you want to ruffle feathers. Because everybody's going to be mad at me for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so brilliant. that was his first one. <laughs> uh, but, so but a big blessing. Exactly. So I think... Um, well, obviously well aware of the food, grew up with it and all that, but never um, realized the, the importance of the connection to it, who mm -hmm. is making it, uh, how deeply ingrained it is in our um, culture, in our lives and all that. Mm -hmm. Just made me really um, seek a lot more out of, you know, my own family, quite asking mm -hmm. my mom and dad more things about, you know, cooking and, and why did we eat this and what did you have when you were growing up? and. Uh, which which led to finding out that um, that when they were young and they took uh, tortillas and rice and beans to school, they're made fun of, mm -hmm. you know. And now, right, pfft, if a kid took that, he could be making a lot of money on the yeah, side. Rice white, yeah, <laughs> or he it's could be rice. he could be making tacos with what they sent him and, right. and selling them to, <laughs> to everyone in school. <laughs> um, so it, it's just, it's really interesting hearing those stories sure. to see where the food evolved. Uh, but really, also, it it made me um, put put more eyes onto how it's being made, who's making mm -hmm. it, you know, what what may or may not be appropriated. Um, by the way, I think anyone can make them, um, but you know, there's there's just there's some conversations that can be had on just certain things. But sure. uh, it, it just opening up my eyes. The, I never would have really looked at things that way or in that much detail or asked more questions about my own culture and heritage mm -hmm. had I not started the brand probably. Is that um, kind of what inspired you to do Taco Chair as well? To get to the food and the people who make it a little better? No, it was more selfish than that. It was uh, <laughs> taco, the Taco Chair was really just trying to get more eyes on the brand. Okay. Originally I was going to do a blog mm -hmm. and um, Everything happens for a reason, of course. It just didn't happen. I was either too lazy, I didn't pull the trigger, just didn't do it, right? The way we always right. say, just do it, overthought it. And um, I, uh, it was going to be the exact same concept, just okay. in blog format. And I, when I went um, with the Tacos of Texas and saw how they were filming and stuff, that inspired me, because I had messed with cameras before, that inspired me to be like, I think I could turn the taco chair into like a, a little web series. Like yeah. I could just... Do the same thing, and that's why I started doing it. But do my own selfish reasons, getting more eyes on the brand, and really kind of like it's a cool outlet for these people to. Not that I have a huge platform, but it's cool that different mm -hmm. people, different eyes will be on these individuals, right. these creatives, and uh, what they're doing. And um, it's now a super fun storytelling method mm -hmm. um, that really allows me to kind of practice my filmmaking, practice my storytelling. Yep. 
um, tell the stories of cool friends that I know or have met online. I get to meet some of them for the first time because uh, we know each other on Instagram, mm -hmm. but I find I get to go and see them. And mm -hmm. uh, that's been so many blessings, really. But it's, it's all about just, you know, it's all this interesting path that I didn't realize uh, my life was going to go down. Yeah. You just got to be willing to step through the next open door. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Mm -hmm. Elena, did you? Um, there, there the are down? there are many. Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, being a part of the community in Corpus Christi of creators, uh, for sure, the friendships and the people that I have met, um, the people that continue to support the brand, uh, support our, our markets, local for local. Mm -hmm. But probably one of the biggest blessings um, is when my father came down one time for a loca. He had no, I mean, because we can tell our elderly parents, right. like, this is what we do. Uh -huh. And they're like, well, what? I don't know. At Thanksgiving, is like, what are you, what are you doing? Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, what do you, what right. do, you do? What On do the you, internet? What is this? What you know, they're like completely clueless. And then, the yeah, <laughs> and he came down and he was like, <clears throat> it's this, you know, blown away Absolutely. by the magic that Loka right. has, the work that mm -hmm. we do. Um, and then he came down again the following year. And then, when I uh, won um, the band award, mm -hmm. I I need I told him I needed him to be here, and so the women's um, one, right? Mm -hmm. right. Um, that was probably I'm just so thankful, and then him telling me that my mother would have been proud. Um, it validates yeah. everything that we've done. Uh, just him knowing how hard we work. Is there a, a particular memory you have of your mom sewing when you were growing up? Oh, yeah. That provides significant inspiration? Oh, my there? God, yeah. I remember that she had a sewing machine that would tuck under, mm -hmm. like it was in that yeah. little table. Mm -hmm. And she even did embroidery. Oh, um, wow. I remember that. I mean, and her her mother, my grandmother, sewed too. Mm -hmm. And I would make, like, our when we were little girls, our dresses and stuff. And so I, y you never, like... Um, I know sewing, to me, sewing is more than a business and a hobby. Mm -hmm. It's a form of art. Absolutely. And when you look, when you when you start peeling back the uh, the layers of this mm -hmm. onion, everything in our life is sewn. The seats in our car, our clothes that we wear, the curtains, the sheets, everything is sewn. NASA hires seamstresses to sew everything their uniforms and so i mean everything in our daily life mm -hmm. is sewn um in the in the what was it in, in the depression women couldn't af afford to buy fabric so they would sew the um bags of flour yeah, the they, sacks and yeah, yeah they would sew them because that was what they mm -hmm. needed to do and 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 these manufacturers would put print on these bags and so you had a floral printed dress made out of a flower bag mm -hmm. i mean sewing has been part of of this this world mm -hmm. for centuries and how cool is it that we do that still, still to this day? It is pretty amazing. My mom sews like your mom did where I grew up with handsome clothes. Yeah. Oftentimes it was like the karate kid outfit that I needed to wear. For right, 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 of course. You got yeah. costumes? She made Absolutely. your costumes? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. so cool. So my mom and my grandmother, both of my grandmothers actually have homemaking degrees or home economics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. And so they, I remember kind of being intrigued. I'm not a naturally gifted person when it comes to that kind of artistic expression or many others for that matter. But um, it was always fun to watch the, the creation, right? From mm -hmm. whether it's sewn from a pattern or from her mind, 
she could get it out in the machine. I've always admired that, yeah. And I think there's, you know, there's, there's a talent that you can learn and develop like any other skill. But when it comes to actually creating the design in your brain, and whether it is actually going and finding a pattern, if you're doing a dress or something of that nature that is patterned, or if it's just putting that creativity from your head onto what Gerald might put on a written page or in, a, in an illustrator or a Photoshop picture, mm-hmm. you're putting into a machine that does little tiny stitches and it'll yeah. your finger if you're not careful. It's fun to get to see yes. those, those expressions, come, expressions come to life. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. It's been, um, and I'm still learning. And I've admired. We're all always learning. Yeah, yes. well, we should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've always admired people that are dressmaking, that are mm-hmm. professional seamstresses and make costumes and out of thin air. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just pure magic. And that's a bit of a lot. I think we're getting to kind of a, a point where that's a bit of a lost art. I know, I, so mm-hmm. we lived in the Valley for a couple of years in Mission and um, I would hear stories of the seamstresses that, you know, Levi's had a facility down in, in um, Harlingen, I think it was. And a lot of other national or international companies used to yeah. have their facilities on our side of the border. And I think some have gone to the Maquilas on the other side, but many of them have just disbanded. Hmm. And so there's still this pool of seamstress talent in the Valley that is kind of searching for an opportunity to um, to to build an economy again around it. And right. it's fun to see a daughter of, of, although I guess Eagle Pass isn't maybe technically the valley, but no, a daughter of the border <laughs> who is kind of bringing that into the next generation, right? right. Mm-hmm. A skill that might otherwise be lost, but for people like mm-hmm. you saying, I'm going to learn it, I'm going to do it, and then I'm going to take it and put it on display through your local for local and the other opportunities where you are right. to put your own wares on display, but also support other local creators. Let's talk about local for a minute. Sure. Tell us... Um, where the inspiration to to build this what now has become kind of a mega market here in Corpus? Where did it come from? Okay, so back in 2016, um, there was these things called pop-ups mm-hmm. that were happening all over the U.S. What they did was um, indie brands would rent um, commercial places that were empty for like 30 days. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be set up here for 30 days on... Fifth Avenue, come over here and shop while you can, right? And so, um, and I started seeing that a lot on Pinterest on how to set up for pop-ups. And I was like, what is this? What is this? What's going on? And, you know, and then I think when we went to New York uh, for Christmas, we saw a couple of them set up in Times Square. There's another very popular place, I forgot where, by the ice skating rink, uh, where they have those little structures. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot what it's called. Kiosk kind of thing? Yeah. 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 um, It's like a a holiday market. You you, you walked through that too. And I was just like, how can we do this in Corpus Mm -hmm. Christi? Um, Because it wasn't being done. Sure. Um, And I uh, contacted our friends at the Post. I said, listen, I mean, yeah, at the Post. And I said, listen, I have this crazy idea. What do you think about us setting up mm-hmm. some booths on your patio, and it's a small patio. Right. Um, I'm just gonna get six people. And they were like, yeah. So we did it. I invited six, five of my closest friends, with vendor friends with me, it was six. And then we set up during a time that was ideal for, for the post okay. because we attract, at this time I had already had a following mm-hmm. here um, and I knew being an online store, I knew that I was creating urgency for you to come and get something mm-hmm. 
from me physically as opposed to buying online and shipping. Like right. now's your time, come now. Um, and we uh, set up shop there and we did it during peak hours where uh, we were attracting a different demographic to the post. Mm -hmm. Not only did they shop with us, they ate, they drank, they hung out. And so they were, you know. Uh, it was a three hour window. Only. Yeah, and, and, and there was mm -hmm. one other successful Saturdays. Wow. And, um, and they were like, when are we going to do it yeah, again? Yeah, they were like, when are we going to do it again? I was like, oh, okay. And then I think we did it like six months later or a year. I don't even remember. Um, no, it was Small Business Saturday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did it late uh, in November with 11 vendors. And uh, forget it. At the post it. again? Yeah, no, at the post. Wow. And then we killed it. And it was a little tight with 11. It was very bit. tight. <laughs> but we decorated it. Mm -hmm. We went crazy. And, and then at that time... That was already the end of 2016. 2017, bus was starting to come mm -hmm. around, reopen and rebranded and everything. And towards the end of 2017, I contacted Leslie at the bus and I said, "Listen, what do you think about this?" And she said, "Yeah, let's do it." And awesome. and that's been our home since. Mm -hmm. But you know, with COVID, we had to. Um, that was a whole other thing. Like when COVID happened, I was telling Gerald, like, how can we do a market right. like HEB does curbside mm -hmm. for their groceries? Like how, and we were just like putting things, talk, yelling out loud ideas <laughs> and like how and, and. Gerald's in his spreadsheets, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I, Not yet. this Not idea yet. came in the shower and I got out, I was like, Gerald, I have this idea. Uh -huh. What do you think about, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, so we just start, we start, naming the obstacles mm -hmm. and then you know you just okay no and we contacted jason at hagemeyer's and we knew the the layout of their building would allow us to have a drive-through okay and he said yeah and they're closed on the weekends and so it doesn't they're not losing any money and um so that's how we converted loca in-person market to mm -hmm. curbside we knew we had to do and that was the first ever of its kind here yeah. in corpus and uh, then we did another one for Small Business Saturday, mm -hmm. and we're doing another one in March. Awesome. So. At House of Rock. At House, House of, Rock. of Rock. And yeah. it's, mm -hmm. a, Loka has exceeded my expectations. It's, it's a monster in itself. Um, I'm in the pr process of trademarking it. Um, it's my baby. Good. It's, um, I've curated hard. Mm -hmm. I don't let just anybody in. There's um, a shirt. I curate it hard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it. well, I didn't want to cuss because right. so, uh -huh. um, <laughs> otherwise I would have said something else. But um. there's a lot of things that you said, like that. I think there's so many cool lessons that I thought of, like her first market that she did at the Post. Mm -hmm. um, Therese with Posh and Posey. Yep. Um, had just started and she she, she yeah. reached out to elena and said i would love to do a wall at your event and elena was like oh i can't pay you i was you. like i can't afford you she's like no let me just do it for free so she did it and for i was free, like all right which led to like other stuff Client, they hired her mm -hmm. and, and she's, she's been store, right? yeah and she's been yeah. at every loca since oh, then that's awesome. she's i've had her at every loca mm -hmm. but that's her taking a chance asking elena to yeah you know, elena and doing and it for I was, free i was um, like okay sure. yeah really really cool and then you you know just a lot just a lot of chance taking and um i think what's really cool about like the post and then everything else is that um early on elena uh, we always had this idea of like okay they're giving us their space mm -hmm. what can we do to um make them some money basically so mm -hmm. um you know at the post it was like they had a special drink 
and in order to get uh, you get that drink and you get a raffle ticket. Yeah. It was like a yeah. way around it, like to to okay, to do it so TABC wouldn't get mad. Um, a special drink that they could push, uh -huh. and then Elena walked around all the vendors and was like, "Hey, can you give up one item?" And the the uh, the raffle tickets would basically win one basket that had something from every vendor. Wow. And she's been doing that every loca. So from six so vendors like to eleven. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it's a really big basket. Yeah, it's thirty six <laughs> gifts. Yeah. It's a really That's big awesome. basket, yeah. and her sister loves coming. Elena's sister Edna loves coming down, and she's the one responsible to go around and collect the one free. And sometimes people give like really nice stuff. I mean, and they give more than one sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Funny story about that. Was it this last one or the one before that? <laughs> the it was one the one before that. I, we, no, um, I think it was this last one. Was it? The yeah. last in-person market okay. one. We, um, I was calling the, the person that won. because mm -hmm. she And Lena will announce it on stage, but you don't have to be present to win because okay. I'm never a fan of that. Right. Um, and so anyway, I called the num I called the number on the ticket mm -hmm. and some woman answered and I asked, I don't even remember the person's name, but we'll just say it was like, I don't know, Jennifer. Okay. So I said, um, is Jennifer there? And the lady was like, who is this? Right. And then I was like, uh, this is, uh, why are you calling for my nine-year-old daughter? And then I was like, ah, uh, she filled out, <laughs> she filled out a blah, 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 blah. And she goes, oh, that was me. I put her name on it. <laughs> and then I was like, well, why are you getting so mad at me? Like in my head, I'm like, why are you right. so upset? Right. And she uh, was still there at bus. She was still drinking. at the bar drinking. So, yeah, yeah. She, and she came to the table. She's like, I'm so sorry. Right. I'm like, no, I understand. I, I totally I, get yeah. it. <laughs> We're like, it's fine. But why did you put your daughter's name on right. it? <laughs> But yeah, you know, and then the, our in-person markets, we always, we did a fundraiser for Period Corpus mm. Christi, who were, well, now I think they're, they rebranded to something else, a different name, but the mission is still the same mm. and providing sanitary goods for homeless women or women, women in women's shelters. We wanted LOCA to be very women driven. Mm -hmm. um, the majority of our vendors are women owned businesses or co-owned, mm -hmm. which we're totally cool with. Um, we just wanted to create a space that um, local creatives and cr uh, makers can showcase their goods, especially people that are online only like we are, um, because we don't have a storefront. We don't have the luxury of having that. Um, so this is a, a unique market to come and get exclusive mm -hmm. items. And sometimes our vendors make exclusive items right. specifically for Loca. So. And there, she's always finding like ways to make the markets a little more special. Mm -hmm. The small it can be the smallest thing too. Yeah. Doesn't have to be big, but like the the grand prize baskets, like one mm -hmm. thing that will always stay the same. Um, free tote bags to the first X amount of shoppers yeah. when they show up. We had a caricature artist this mm -hmm. last time, and that was, that cool. was really That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Sure. and and I'll, really like the the vendor fees that Elena collects really go to that. They go to uh, in the spreadsheet that I make. They go to <laughs> everything uh, spreadsheet. <laughs> They go to uh, Facebook ads, they go to the tote bags, they go to like on the caricature artist one, they go to paying for him so people don't have to pay for the, the artist. Um, they really don't go in her pocket. She makes from everything she sells. Because I think it's so cool to be able to, I mean, well, essentially what you're doing, like what they want, what most people want to do with their business is just reinvesting, right? right. So essentially we're just taking the money from the vendor fees and reinvesting it into the market, into the yeah. market to make it fun uh, so people can go. And uh, that's been such a fun vibe mm -hmm. that she she creates. Oh, hiring a DJ, you know, right. uh, mm -hmm. playing music, and, which is fun. People like to shop and listen to music. And um, but, but when we did it online, that was a super scary thing. Sure. By the way, um, a 36-hour market online only, and then a curbside pickup um, for f a four-hour window mm -hmm. two days later, which was really really cool. Uh, we only thought we were going to sell. Um, 
how much? Like, like 5,000. 5, like, well, if we do 5,000, that'd be great. And it was, uh, I think, it maybe 18 vendors or 19 vendors. Mm. Uh, something like that, yeah. Uh, and we did twenty over 20,000, no, which is super cool. Um, but how do we make that thing mm -hmm. special? Okay, well, let's let's secretly let everybody in. Well, let's 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 entice them to sign up early. Mm -hmm. Give us their email so they can get in early. And uh, I would uh, that for that twenty thousand dollars for that first look. Uh, about fourteen of it was in that first night mm -hmm. when we let them in early. Wow. And the rest of it was just mm -hmm. trickling after that, which is super cool. But then on this next one too, like how do we make it different? What do we do? Um, because I think it's important to keep those events mm -hmm. as fresh as you can. Like, don't kill yourself over it trying to figure out how to make it special. Mm -hmm. But we always feel like we have, like, Elena would love to let more vendors in. But I always feel like we, we have a responsibility of um, bringing a certain amount of traffic. Sure. So we can only bring X amount of traffic to the website with the Facebook ads that we run. That's not fair if we have 30 vendors online and they all only make, you know, 100 bucks. Right. I'd rather have less vendors push more traffic mm -hmm. and then they all make a good amount of money. Same thing with the in-person markets. Um, I know that like the space that we did at Bus is super cool. If we ever opened up the other side mm -hmm. and filled like 20 more people there, well, we would need to increase the budget right. for advertising to bring more people there because mm -hmm. that's like, I, I know a lot of people open up markets and it's cool. I just, I, I really wish people sometimes are just Realize that that's a huge responsibility that you, that you have is right. bringing people to these vendors that you've asked to pay you money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a big deal that I think it's overlooked sometimes. So, well, and and you know uh, now we're just not comfortable with doing in-person markets. Um, that's just a personal choice. Um, I think when we're ready, we'll we'll be back in person. Mm -hmm. But I, it's it's still such a dangerous time. Um, and out of respect, not only for our community, but for our vendors sure. that sure. have their merch mm -hmm. out. And listen, I respect the hustle sure. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. You bet. Um, I just, uh, for me, I'm just not willing to take that responsibility. Mm -hmm. And um, and not to be like arrogant, but I think like if you were to, if we're going to do another in-person market, we're going to go just as hard. Absolutely. Right, yeah. And, and yeah. I, I don't want to, that's a lot of people. And it might it might not be. Right. I'm sure half of them would be like, I'd love to go, but right. You know, and that's again not fair to the vendors and and just and their families too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the safety sure. of our vendors' families. Some of them sure. really like this online thing, and I know I know that the the curbside's going to have a shelf life. It will before we have to change things up dramatically again. Or um, and we've talked about other stuff that we could mm -hmm. possibly do, but hopefully we just are able to go back to in-person markets because those are always fun and people just like to go. Right. Right. Out. Mm. There's a community experience in it too. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. to your point, Joe, if you do, you know, the people that come have a have, are on budgets. Right. So if suddenly they've got 40 vendors or 30 <laughs> vendors to spend at versus 18 or 20, then their dollars either aren't getting spent, you know, they're skipping, right? They're mm -hmm. skipping the, yeah. the stalwarts, or they're spending it, you know, more on one and other, and they don't. You got to be able to drive the additional traffic. Or right. Yeah. You're going to run people out of their money, and they're. Yeah. You'll have vendors that are. Hey, I came down from San Antonio. Exactly. With my cheese shirts. And I was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> over and talking about how awesome we love these shirts are. We didn't buy anything. What's wrong? Exactly. Um, what do you think being in Corpus has meant for your brands? Uh, you know. That's a good question. You can, Elena could probably speak more on hers. Uh, for me, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think it's, I mean, the community supports what I do, but mm -hmm. just about. 98% of my customers are, live somewhere else. 
I sell in all the other 50 states um, yeah, all yeah. the time, and, and they always buy. Right. So uh, really, Texas and California are the two, uh, okay. the two biggest yeah. states. So that's a great question, man. I, don't, I mean, I'm, I'm known for taco stuff, but I definitely don't claim to be an expert. Um, I just like to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> but who doesn't, right? So there's a lot of experts I mean, then, if that's the uh, measurement. But I, um, I don't know. I, the fact that we have uh, access to, to breakfast tacos, like... I could I could just look to my left or my right and we'll find some somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm sure it's helped the brand. A lot of content I can post. Yep. <laughs> right. right. Um, good. Yeah. But that matters. Yeah, but I you know I don't vend at Elena's. I sell mm-hmm. online only. So I think for you, Elena, it's 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 been totally different for me. It's just a community that you know embraces what I do, but they don't they don't buy from me like they buy from you. I mean, you make stuff. You make cool stuff. What was the question again? What is being in Corpus meant for your business? I don't know if this business would be would have been created anywhere else okay. um, or would be as successful as it is anywhere else. I think the opportunity for it to be even established mm-hmm. in Corpus um, is really a blessing in disguise. Um, I mean, yes, my, my, my brand is strictly online, but I feel... Um, that the brand, the representation that I was looking for didn't exist here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, I created it. It wasn't as celebrated, I perhaps think. Not. That's probably perhaps a, not. Perhaps not. Because it was here. It's just, you know. It may, may, yeah, I honestly, didn't see it. It was, a lot, it was really, you know, like your, your upbringing, it's, uh, it's really cool now to be Latina, to be Latino. It, mm. The culture is really cool right. um, <clears throat> to embrace, especially for the I the mean, youth white now. guys are starting podcasts with that show in the name <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that's fine that's not appropriate at all uh, <laughs> no it really of course isn't. not um, and that gets thrown around so much too so my little, my little boy's name is Tres right oh um, so he's the, he's the is third. he the third he's the third yeah and growing up in San Antonio I grew up with Quattro Kowalski <laughs> and Cinco Light L-I-G or L-I-G he was L-I-G L-I-G-H-T I think and really and like a half dozen Tres's and I just thought I think that you know, there there isn't there isn't a, um, a thieving of someone's culture, right? Sure. But then there's also just the fact that when we all grow up in an area, mm-hmm. we can benefit from each other's cultures. And and I don't again, I don't want to chase a major tangent. Sure. But I think growing up in San Antonio, I grew up in a culture that is San Antonio. Oh my God! You know, yes. First and foremost, right? yes. And growing up on the border, you grew up in a culture that is a border culture. When we lived in Mission, it took me a good while to get my ear to speed up uh-huh. to the 14-year-old girl Spanish that's being spoken <laughs> in the wild. And it's a different. It's a different dialect yeah 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 but that's a culture and it doesn't necessarily require an ethnicity to be a part of the culture because it's just a culture and it can be part ethnicity can be part of it but so can just the fact that we have these shared experiences a hundred percent i think that what to gerald's point about what you were bringing forth if you will with loca and with so bonita here is is kind of saying all right this is our culture and we can all partake in it we don't have to necessarily be an ethnicity but this culture doesn't exist also but for right. the city that brings it up yeah mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent. yeah like 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 just so people have a better understanding like appropriation would be like on cinco de mayo teenage girls going to a taqueria just to take a selfie with the guy who made the tacos right that would be like sure. appropriation because it's cinco de mayo and i'm wearing a sombrero and a Mustache and let me let's take a picture with the <laughs> with the guy that made our food. Ka-tink! I don't know his name. We're not going to find out his name. We just yeah. took a picture to put really on Instagram. Just tacos. Yeah, yeah, so that's pretty clear. Yeah, there. But anyway, never mind. 
<laughs> Next. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not going to say anything. No, I know. I, I, uh, I think um, brown people, black uh, people of color are very protective of, of their culture and their upbringing and their community. And, um, and rightfully so. Uh, 100% um, true. You know, um, I, and, and representation matters. And mm -hmm. I think um, growing up in, in South Texas from San Antonio to the Valley like you did, you are immersed in a world of color mm -hmm. um, and culture and, and you respect it. And I think that is what every person want from from people is that there was a, there's a respect for right. the culture and the upbringing mm -hmm. and and the dialect and the language and the spanglish and and the food and um and i think that's what so bonita and taco gear uh are just trying to to do in this world is just hey i'm here this is where i'm from mm -hmm. this is this is uh, uh you can relate to me and right. i can relate to you and that's it you know and so yeah. They're fun. <laughs> what, do you think, what do you think having the brands has done for your marriage? Uh, it's a great question. Um, we are, oh, we, yeah, man, these are good questions. We, had natu we naturally had worked together pretty well already. Especially you know, I don't well, know. You made cupcakes. You had a taste tester at home. Yes. That's a that worked benefit. out. That yeah. worked out. I mm -hmm. don't know what we would this be doing <laughs> if we weren't we Better creating. give me the rest of them. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, what we would win uh, what would What would we be doing if we didn't have brands? Uh, I don't know. Just having fun. Really? Oh, not having fun? No, no. no like, <laughs> but like what? Like, what would we be doing? The because no I don't disrespect I don't, to people, just the same thing movies, dinner. Like, I don't a, see myself some sort of redundancy as, probably. yeah, and, and mm -hmm. again, not trying to, yeah, sure, tell everybody, like, oh, you don't have a side hustle, then you, you know, whatever. No, I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying, um, we might have actually had kids. Ah, oh, you think? I don't know. I'm just saying that because I don't know what else to say. I don't know. I don't know what we would be doing without these brands. I, I don't know. So even when she had her cupcake business, um, I was taking photos of the cupcakes okay. and like did marketing stuff for her mm -hmm. and the design and you had a website and so I was doing the design and but we were together at, at that. I'm like point, having so. an existential moment right now because I don't know what we would be doing. Don't let it stress you out. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I know the yeah. counselor who's not really practicing counseling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would probably be a yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. So we um, and she always says like, you all, you always say I want to work with you during the day, and I'm mm -hmm. like, no, you don't. No, you don't. But we work together pretty well. I think. Um, Communication was always a big deal for us, even before these brands. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think with the brand, uh, I wish I could say that like working together because I designed for her brand mm -hmm. has helped us communicate, but we were already pretty good at that. And we've talked about this uh, maybe in a podcast before, but definitely in, to each other, that the, both of the relationships we were in before, um, the bad parts of them, uh, made us realize the bad parts of ourselves too. Mm -hmm. So um, just being self-aware of, just being self-aware and stripping your ego and all that and realizing like what you should say or what you should not say or what you should be mindful of mm -hmm. or her, her opinions are important or like why, I don't know, we can go you know in so many different directions, but 
Even if we ever thought we were going to get upset about something, first, like, why why am I about to get upset about that? We're just super aware of ourselves, uh, and we communicate a lot, like a lot. There's, um, there's a lot of times where, um, not a lot of times, but, but Elena will be like, okay, hold on. I don't like the way that you're saying this because it makes me, but like right away, right? And then me having to be able to be like, that makes sense. I understand. Okay, totally. I get it. Instead of being like, whatever, machismo, all that stuff. Right, right. Just the to- the things that are normally in a toxic, uh, all those toxic uh, relationships you kind of talked about earlier, mm-hmm. a lot of them can be solved if people just took their egos away and just communicated more. That's so true. That is so incredibly That's true. really it because yep. that's all it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of the selfishness I'm looking at for me. And exactly. And so now I'm pissed at you for it. And mm-hmm. Right. And I'm not happy about it. Hey, you, you can't read minds? Well, right. then that's your problem. I know, exactly. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't. So please tell me like, what yeah. you need. One thing that uh, Janet, my wife, is, my, her name is Janet, one of the things that she's really good at doing for me is just spelling it out. She's like, I know you're a dude. There you go. And I know you really can't read minds. But not only that, you kind of just don't intuitively know things. Right. That, that's a big, giant category, right? And so she'll say, what I need is... Or I need you to do these things. And it's not like, here are your chores. It's like, I need you to buy me flowers on a semi-regular basis. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. don't care if they're the three ninety-nine flowers at HEB or if they're, you know, $50 three dozen roses. But I need that because it, it, it shows me that you're thinking of me and it fulfills me in, some, in, a, in, a, in an important way. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's something that, that bringing a business into a marriage has probably right. done for you. What kind of what I'm hearing you all say is it's given you an extra avenue of things to discuss there you go. that are not necessarily... Pay some tension in the relationship, but you have to work through things with your customers. And I've heard Jeff talk about this on your podcast, which mm-hmm. we'll address in a second. But um, you have to work out things in your own lives, which you do it as a team. Mm-hmm. It also kind of reflects, kind of gives that mirror to yeah. you. Right? Okay, this kind of made me really angry when I was dealing with this customer. And I don't know that I should have been angry there. And I'm kind of reflecting on it. And then when it comes up in the marriage, hey, I've already kind of dealt with this and I know how to handle mm-hmm. the marriage. And, Mm-hmm. I imagine that's what it, I mean, that's kind of what I'm hearing. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, also I I trust him wholeheartedly. I'm glad you said your wife said that, by the way, rather than saying like, I shouldn't have to tell you to get me flowers because that's what <laughs> someone would say, and For then sure. they would wonder why they have failed relationships. Right. right. Uh, I, I, I communication, tr- man. I mean, it most guys aren't just going to buy flowers on just because they want to. Well, you I'm should. I'm sure. So- there we go. Uh, <laughs> you should. Yes, I know. We look at things like our spreadsheet. <laughs> I buy the flowers, and I can't do the th, and you know. So I should add flowers on my spreadsheet quarterly? Yes. <laughs> yes. I can yep. do that. <laughs> yes. I know a great florist. Now they're right. part of my spreadsheet. Um, it's not a big I, I trust him uh, with, with my um, emotions and mm-hmm. my feelings and my, mm-hmm. hey, listen, what do you think about this? Do I need to bring it down or not mm-hmm. with this customer or what do you think about like i need for you to help me on this because i'm about to go right i'm about to crawl through this crazy and it's like all right all right you know what i mean uh, gerald has a very we we have a very yin and yang awesome. marriage mm-hmm. where um if he needs some reassurance or some kind of validation i'm there for it and vice versa mm-hmm. and so um it balances itself out very well naturally almost mm-hmm. so i there's times where um like i'm trying to catch I'm trying to I'm trying to take it back to like times where either I messed up or something and how it always leads to communication. Like she comes to me about a customer a customer service issue, mm-hmm. right? And then oftentimes at the beginning when she would do that, I would immediately point out the things she did wrong. Right? Well, you shouldn't have said like instead of trying to and then that would have, and then you would be like uh. 
you, you, you would be like, that's not what I'm, forget it. That's not what I'm trying, like, <clears throat> she would get more upset and I just kind of made the situation a little worse. Mm-hmm. Um, which really doesn't happen anymore now because uh, I tell her so much on what she should be doing correctly that you just remember it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm yeah. well trained, I guess. Yes. I mean, no, you're a sewing machine. I think we're kind of falling I mean, back. Yeah. yeah. I'm expecting yeah. custom clothes any year now. Gerald has excellent, excellent customer relation mm-hmm. service PR. Like I, because I just lose it, mm-hmm. especially when I'm dealing with something that's idiotic. Sure. And mm-hmm. I have to step away. To, here, you deal with that. I can't because. Yeah, I'm about. I'm about to. It's just really powerful to have that balance, though. Like to know his strengths are this, my strengths are this. Yeah, exactly. This is where I can help him. I recognize a hundred percent what my weaknesses are, and I rely on him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. So I guess to answer your question, it's really. I think it's uh, what it's done for our marriage is probably strengthened it because it forces us to communicate more about a lot of a lot more. Touchy things. I'll say that sure. because it has a lot to do with our own personalities mm-hmm. and how we're handling our own businesses. Um, so giving feedback on that to each yeah. other. Um, she's the the worst client I have to design for because, <laughs> and I've told her that many times. Right. Uh, but also, it's kind of fun that I get to really talk to my clients how I would love to talk to them when they tell me something stupid. <laughs> Uh, but then you see it. But what's funny is when, it, and just, I know it's just like we're digressing kind of, I make something for her, I call her over to look at it, she's staring at it for 10 seconds, and I'm like, can you just give me some feedback, like tell me quickly? And then she's like, well, I'm thinking of, or whatever. And then she'll do it, and I said, you realize you asked for this. Oh, I did, that's right, okay. Well, what if you did, nope, not gonna do that, because if I do that, it'll do this. Well, can I see it? Nope, not gonna show you, because <laughs> I already know. Uh-huh. And then I end up having a show, and she's like, oh, you're yeah, I see. Okay, <laughs> you're right. So it, it, it's, um, I don't know, but it, again, all goes back to communication. I remember when I got married, my dad told me, and a lot of people told us that marriage is a lot of hard work. You bet. And maybe it is. I, I feel, feel I feel like it's super easy to Good. be married to Gerald. Um, but I don't think that we could, it would be this easy in our early 20s. Okay. Absolutely. The way no, I no, was no, no, and no. the way she was. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because we weren't, we were not self-aware. No, we weren't. We Selfish, weren't probably adults, for a lot of yeah, reasons. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Um, when does my brain stop developing? Was it like 25 or 24 or something? Like that? Probably still is. Yeah, um, I, mean, I think I think that's a true statement for men. Yeah, I will. I, yeah, I will agree to that. It, it um, the maturity level of of when we got married definitely plays a big factor. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's very easy. It's super easy to be married to him. So what inspired y'all to um, put your marriage and your businesses into a podcast and send it out into the world to be heard? Gerald, it was his idea. I I wanted nothing to do with it. Selfish reason again. Uh, (laughs) Well, I I joke about that, but really it was like, how can we, uh, I thought it'd be a cool extension of our brands Mm -hmm. and a way to to get to know our audience more and a way for them to get to know us and really maybe like, because I think when you connect, when you connect with a brand, the more you connect with a brand, the more you, you, mm-hmm. you can uh, relate to them and you, you're inclined to spend money with them because you know who they are. It's like buying from your friend, right? Um, so I thought a podcast would be kind of cool. People were doing, po- not that podcasts were brand new mm-hmm. when we started, but I, uh, she didn't want to do it 
at all, Mm-mm. and she'll tell you why in a second. <laughs> but I knew that uh, I was like, hey, I, when I brought the idea to her, like, hey, let's start a podcast. I think it'd be cool. And she was like, clearly, she was just going to show up to do it. I was going to have to do everything, or re- I was going to have to research everything, which was fine. Um, I did that, but I also told her early on, I don't want to do a podcast unless we we know what we're talking about, and we don't we're not experts on anything. So. What are like? What is it going to be about? Right. I was right. not. I did not want to do um, anything that we weren't going to be comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. So the most comfortable, the thing we know best is us, and the thing we know best is how we run our businesses. So we thought, well, maybe we can just talk about the behind the scenes of running our brands. Well, what will we talk about? And then we're like, we get a bunch of DM questions all the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should just like, we went through our DMs and we we wrote down like a lot of the questions we get asked and a lot of them are the same mm-hmm. we're like well that's going to be one topic we could do that one and then slowly we, we came up with like six or seven topics i don't even remember how many are in the first season and then elena was like ah so when do we have to sit down and when do we have to record and i was like we'll do it in one weekend it's work, right? yeah we'll do it in one weekend and then i'll edit them all and then we'll mm-hmm. just release them one once a week and then that'll be it and then she was like oh, okay mm-hmm. so we did it in uh, saturday and sunday oh, we recorded all of them <laughs> and then uh and and then we put them out and it was it was fun mm-hmm. it was it was a lot of I'm sure the first, I haven't heard the early ones but I'm sure they're horrible, um, but all we were doing was giving um, the tips of what we knew and, and answering questions and what we've done what didn't work what we learned and um, then we just kept going there we're about to start season eight I don't know what makes up a season we just stop and start. <laughs> When Elena says, I really need a break. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Well, the reason we weren't getting a break before is because uh, we had um, sponsors. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to keep getting sponsor money. Sure. I wanted the listens to continue. And I, I also thought, like, we're, we weren't, we're not a humongous podcast where, like, when, when they take a break and they come back, you're like, oh, they're back. Right. Like, people might well, forget. Some of us do feel that way, by the way. <laughs> some of your listeners in this room feel that way we get excited thank you back, thank you well I know, good I, know, I understand what you're saying yeah i mean it's not like I, right I now mean, i was begging for a break oh my god i'm listening to a scrubs rewatch podcast right oh, yeah. now with the, have, have you heard it before yeah. i love i just started it like i'm like four in i love that thing but um i mean if i they, listen to murder once oh, yeah. <laughs> i take a hot bath listening to a murder podcast <laughs> he's like how that are you real? i was like it's the best right that's funny so yeah we I just we just started it and kept going and then brought guests on mm-hmm. um it's it's actually of uh it's i think it's a kind of therapy for us too yeah and something happens every we record every week or mm-hmm. we had been um and something always happens in that week for us to talk about we like to try and plan things out but really we don't like, Did y'all do the StoryCorps interview prior to starting the podcast? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was... At least a year or two okay. maybe, before. Yeah, maybe two years before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't really listen to that one. I, I don't even know what we said. I don't know. I, I remember when I had to cut it in half, I mm-hmm. cut because we released it as a bonus or whatever while we are taking a break on our podcast. And the second half is my story. The first half is hers. Mm-hmm. But I had to listen to it a little bit. And at the beginning, you're just like, my name is Elena. Because you have to introduce <laughs> yourselves, right? right? <laughs> I'm imagining is like a microphone over here and Elena kind of back away from it. Uh-huh. You know, like have you ever seen the inside of the... Uh, I haven't. I'm fascinated by it. Elena's, uh, I think she's got a picture on her... Um, pro- it's a little um, Airstream. Yeah. And uh, you're kind of... They're using the same table an Airstream has, so you're really close. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're kind of face-to-face. But um, it, it was How a fun experience. Is it in the Airstream for that as it is in your 
They call it your studio. Sure, it's the same. Okay. But the Airstream, I mean, it feels like it's, it's really... It's all around you. Yeah, it's all around us. <laughs> and then the producer or the girl that's, that's like, listening to mm -hmm. you, she's... Right. Was she in another room? Uh-huh. Oh, she was yeah, in the Airstream. In, in the episode, wait, what, the two episodes where someone had either come in uh -huh. or was like, hey, y'all talk about this. You kind of hear this little whisper, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We yeah, she's in funny. there listening to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that was that was a lot of fun too. Oh, that is so cool. I would love to have an airstream <laughs> and to do something like that with it, or to do like a little. I love that to do like a little a mobile a mobile pop up. Right. You know, like kind of what um, I don't know her name, but she runs Soul. She had, mm. she has the oh little, yeah uh, yeah boutique uh, pop up. I guess yeah. it's her little shop in there. I think that's really fun. Um, the podcast has been super cool. Uh, one really cool lesson, thanks to Elena from it, is uh, we were just, there was one time uh, in January we had like a meeting with ourselves. Okay. Not this past January, I mean not this month or the year mm -hmm. before, but the one before that. We were like, let's just create this list of like celebrity guests that we could just ask. Because mm -hmm. we started getting into this habit of, um, well, the worst they could say is no, right? Right. right? Let's, it doesn't yeah. hurt to ask. We never reached out to any of them, by the way, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. but we made that list. Right. Yeah, dream list. And um, I remember when Cheech Marin came down mm -hmm. for a, to the art museum to do one of, to screen his mm -hmm. movie um, or his film. He, uh, Lena, you were the I hadn't even thought of it, man. I really hadn't. And Elena was like, "How do we get Cheech on the podcast? Who do we reach out to?" And mm -hmm. I was like, "Well, he's he's getting a tour right now with uh, Andrea from the university." Let me just text her, and then uh, I text her, and then it, it ended up happening. But uh, but I wouldn't have had Elena not just mm -hmm. thought of that. And why did you even think of that? What made you think of that? Uh, why not? Right. Exactly. Cheech, Cheech but, is here. Let's just hang yeah. out with him. And then prior yeah. to that, we <laughs> we interviewed Hector with Las with Las Cafeteras. Uh -huh. Yeah. And that is probably my favorite podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's um, cool. mm -hmm. Because I just didn't realize. Um, how well we have it here in Corpus Christi because I was just telling him about how like I want to do all these things and I feel like we're being held back here and he was just like you have no idea how bad you have it how here. awesome yeah like, <laughs> with people like Dusty and people uh, that are just so making noise mm -hmm. it's here and so to kind of come full, full circle about you know here and creatives and what can you do here um Hector with, with Las Cafeteras, who lives in L.A. and the band is, is in L.A., he had, um, when we hung out, when we, we hung out, you know, that night, too, he had um, said, when y'all come to, y'all come to L.A., have we told him we were going to go? No, no, right? We, no, we didn't tell him. Yeah. Okay. yeah. He said, if y'all are ever in L.A. kind of a thing, which, you know, everyone says that. Not in L.A., just if you're ever right. in town. Um, if you're ever in Corpus, give me a call. Yeah, yeah. but then, but then, you know, we're Mexicans. So we're like, hey, we're going to LA. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I text him and uh, I was like, hey, we're gonna go to. Uh, we we coordinated it in December to, for to visit her family in San Diego. We already had booked our trip. Oh. And it just so happened that they had a show. That they had a show oh, that well. night. We were gonna mm -hmm. be in there. LA. Yeah, in LA. So we went and. Uh, the hospitality was awesome. Mm -hmm. He spent the uh, the next morning with us. Um, and we had a lot of fun. We had discovered that he had really liked this place, and he was thinking about moving here. Really? Mm -hmm. I have, we haven't followed up with him since yeah, then. COVID, but the fact COVID that happened. the yeah. fact that this guy from LA right. um, saw something here mm -hmm. and totally imagined living here—it's it's awesome. Because then you have these guys in the the. Um, 
Corpus Christi College Times thread that are like, Corpus sucks. Right. And it's the Corpus. <laughs> yeah. Fail, right. yeah. Exactly. Right. Which is why, why I think that, why one of the things I love about this podcast, that, that the Echo podcast that we're talking on right now, I think it's, there are just so many people doing awesome things. Yeah. That, as, as what you've experienced with Loka um, and what you're talking about with Hector, which is, there are awesome things happening. They just need more voices celebrating them. Right? Absolutely. At yeah. some point, totally. we as a collective community have to kind of overcome the cacophony of it's still corpus and it still sucks and whatever. And the corpus sucks shirts are a brilliant way to kind of let that out there too. Right. But I think there's just so many awesome people that are saying, you know what, we're planting our flag here in corpus and we're mm -hmm. going to do our cool thing here in corpus. Mm -hmm. And the more that we get that those folks recognize and celebrate it, whether it's through y'all talking to them on your podcast, whether it's through Etcho, whether it's through The Bend, whether it is through the business uh, reporters in the Color Times or wherever the voices get shared. And there's probably, I don't know, 25 podcasts now in Corpus that are based here. Mm -hmm. And I think it's awesome that as we get these voices out there and we say, hey, by the way, there are awesome things happening in Corpus, our noise will overcome the naysayer noise. Yeah. People will start waking up saying, hey, you know what, this is actually pretty awesome. Yeah. And you won't have so many, you won't have what I think people call the brain drain, right? Folks growing up in Corpus and leaving or coming here for school and leaving. Mm -hmm. You'll get people saying, you know what, I want to stay. Mm -hmm. I want to stay in Corpus. I can raise a family I, here. I, can, I, know, yeah, I saw the potential <clears throat> when I moved here mm -hmm. to I mean, establish my roots here. And so. Other cities are great. Sure. Big cities are great. But, I mean, do you honestly want to have to leave your house an hour before you have to get somewhere how much do you love traffic like yeah nobody wants to really when do we, that when like, he was in austin and we were i mean we were like okay mm -hmm. we're moving oh yeah and Thought about it. and hard yeah and then it didn't happen yeah no yeah. yeah i had some i had uh, one of the not the ceo but um the other people on the board um were like don't don't buy a house <laughs> don't don't wow. don't do it yet and i was like oh, really? on the wall yeah, I was like, oh, okay, well, thanks for telling me. Mm -hmm. we, it's like we were protected. Because honestly, yeah. had I asked the CEO, he would be like, yeah, go for it, because that's the kind of person he was. <laughs> Knowing that know. the pile of money right. was burning behind him that he was spending. Oh, <laughs> well, we are certainly glad as a community that y'all were able to stay in Corpus for sure. And it sounds like it's been a good blessing. What are you guys excited about coming up in Corpus? Just in general for the city? Well, for y'all as a couple, for your brands in Corpus or for the city, you know, what, what do you see around the corner that you're getting excited about? Another loca? Another March? loca, yeah. We're having another loca in March and then another one hopefully in the summer. Mm -hmm. Hopefully by then we can go back to in-person markets. Um, you know, continuing to, to grow and support, um, I, I feel like um, people before us have paved the way and then we're paving the way mm -hmm. for... I, I, for new small businesses, we want people to know that the opportunity is there, um, and to and if it's not, then create it. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we did. Um, hopefully, we'll we'll continue to grow and evolve, and um, you know, hang out with our community more. Mm -hmm. I mean, right now it's just such a scary time. Right. And but and like I said before, um, I'm super thankful that we still have a job. Yeah. Um, ideally, the, my dream would be to quit my job and do so bonita fo mm -hmm. full time, and then COVID happened, and it's like, mm, well, yeah, maybe. let's stop those breaks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you know, so um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Insurance is nice. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I one thing that my mother's death taught me was 
you know, when you get the question of where do you see yourself in five years? Well, right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Hopefully alive and healthy. That, yeah. That's that's all I can ask mm-hmm. for, um, mm-hmm. you know? I think for me, um, two, two things. For the city, I'm excited to see um, more new businesses pop up. Mm-hmm. More people just taking chances and like doing starting their dream or whatever they want to do. Because that was happening a lot, it seemed, before right. COVID and then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. And even during COVID, there's been some people that have opened yeah. up more, more trucks. I mean, more they, are, right. they are yeah. uh, changing the game here, mm-hmm. not only in Corpus, but small businesses in general are starting to pop up. And yep. that's great. It's wonderful. Um, so I'm just seeing a lot more of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for that because um, there's always something cool to do. Uh, but really, I'm excited for things to get back to normal. Like like uh, Heidi yeah. was just posted today about the um, verbal, ink. verbal ink that she was doing. Mm-hmm. And that was so cool oh, to go do amazing. that. And that was different. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't gone to... I know that the theater has opened back up a little bit. Uh, we haven't gone. But I'd, I'd love to... I'm excited to go see live theater with a full crowd again mm-hmm. kind of a thing. I feel like it would be kind of weird with half a crowd. Right. Traveling. Um, <clears throat> traveling. I'm so I, I looking forward back family. to traveling. Uh, insanely. Yeah. Um, my dad, and I haven't seen him. Um, but for me, too, I think personally, I've been getting into um, kind of more film stuff mm-hmm. recently, and um, thanks to the taco chair, which goes back to thanks to those guys that hired right. me, and it just keeps <laughs> going back and back. Thank you, Mondo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so so I, I think it's just, um, it's just I, I, I'm really enjoying telling stories. So I have a list, not a spreadsheet, but a list. Uh, I use Trello, by the way, mm-hmm. um, to monitor like tasks and dreams and lists and stuff. And I have a whole list of um, different little documentaries that I'd love to work on. Okay. A little larger than like a taco chair episode mm-hmm. and uh, some short films that I want to keep working on, but really just kind of behind the camera, figuring out like what's, what's my place and because mm-hmm. I really like it. Like I really like it. I think I think I'm ge- I think I'm getting good at it, but I think what's most important is um, I, I I just want to keep learning more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I I don't feel and I don't th- I won't ever feel like I will know everything. Right. I still feel like it's just this like little like I'm just scratching the surface and I'm always just going to be scratching mm-hmm. the surface. I will never fully understand what's below it, but the excitement of getting to what's below it is going to keep me going. Absolutely, and that's pretty fun. So. On a personal note. Um, mm-hmm. I bought a Peloton in March. Oh, yeah. No, exciting. I'm sorry, in May, in May, and um, they had a pandemic deal. No, they didn't. <laughs> no, they did. It was like you said. It was well, they didn't call it that, right. but it was uh, like no finance, like no well, interest. I think they offer that all the awesome. time. I thought you said it was specific no, to. Um, <laughs> Um, but but one, of, <laughs> one of the things we have separate bank accounts, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the things um, I wanted to do mid 2020 and then for sure is take better care of my health um i have a very sedentary job and then i would come home and so mm-hmm. so i was again sedentary um i felt the um bad health mm-hmm. coming in and so it's like i gotta do something and i never wanted to be a workout from home type of person i hated that but i knew i wasn't going to go to a gym and so I invested in this Peloton, and um, it's been a game changer awesome. for me. Um, so I uh, I want to get stronger and healthier. And not only that, but I, fi- I want to finally not feel bad about taking time to take care of myself mm-hmm. because I was always working, always sewing, always mm-hmm. just 
hustling and I, I've now it's I'm giving myself some grace where I'm just okay you can do a 30 minute ride and mm -hmm. be cool and it's fine don't you know don't sweat the small stuff type of thing so um, because I want to live a long healthy life you know and um, being a 41 year old woman with heart disease and diabetes in the family mm -hmm. it's it's um, it's time for me to do something about it and so the community is great. Their social awareness is amazing. Um, I couldn't be more thankful. So, anyway, that's just it. that's just a personal mm -hmm. goal of mine is is to be healthy and strong and um, be able to do all the things I want to do awesome. with that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you all so much for taking time to come on the podcast too. This has been a, a oh, joy for, for me and a real us. treat. This is part of my list of celebrities oh <laughs> so thank you I'm, I'm honored to get to check y'all off thanks man um, i know this is going to be a fun episode for our folks to listen to for sure absolutely thank yeah, you for having thank us you. Gerald and elena are always creating new products and even new brands since we recorded this episode gerald officially branded his video production company as tuxedo goose films they are both a must follow but i'll be frank Trying to keep up with them can be exhausting because they are constantly evolving their brands while helping others to do the same. Follow them both on Instagram at at so taco, that's spelled S-E-W taco, at at so bonita, which is also S-E-W bonita, and at taco gear. You can follow locaforlocal.com on the web and you can find the taco chair on YouTube by searching either the taco chair or taco gear. Thank you again to Driftwood Coffee for hosting us. Follow them at Driftwood Coffee Co. and give episode five a listen to hear Driftwood's story. Thank you, Gerald and Elena, for the great conversation. Thank you to our infrastructure partners, Sound Guys, Sawyer Audiology, and Clint Tucker Homes. And thank you for taking time to listen.